The Ron and Fez Show starts right now.
Okay, let's get down to it, boppers. It's the Ron and Fez show. Uh, Hicks went a little hippy dippy on us here today. I was really just spacing on that. It's nice, right? It's nice to have a space out. I didn't realize. I didn't know that was your thing. Oh, yeah. You get in the mood for that. It's fun time. Oh, yeah, no. Fun time, huh? All right, that's what I'm going to start having. Fun time. <laughs> fun, time's, fun time's fun. Um, it is the Ron and Fez show. We're looking at Thursday. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ I am uh, going to make an announcement about uh, an unmasked in just a little bit oh. and it's going to be uh, a fun one particularly if you're a big fan of this channel uh, these uh, seats will go very very fast so make sure you're ready to get on it um, John in Illinois you're on the Run of Fez show Hey there, Ronnie B. I got a spy report. Spy report? I need one today. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Ronnie B., you may not believe this, but Rob Cross is a hero to the Opie and Anthony show for giving them extra vacation days. Well, oh, wow. Rob Cross is one of those guys who will go out of his way to make sure everybody's happy. Now, I only have one slight beef with Rob. He asked me to help move a piano from his grandmother's house to his house. Really? Um, well, you know my old saying, friend in need is a friend indeed. And so I'm going to be there for him. It's kind of nervy. But he needs it done tomorrow between 11 and 3. So tomorrow will be Fez Watley's House of Weirdness. And it should be a boffo show. Chris, are you coming in with him? If he wants to do the House of Weirdness, I'll do the House of Weirdness with him. Boom. It's on. It's weird. It's happening. I'm going to try to be listening. Yeah. But I just found out that he has a walk-up. So. Oh, my God. I didn't even get to this. A piano and a walk-up. 11th floor. I never even knew that he had an 11th floor walk-up. That doesn't even like seem like safe building practice to have a fucking 11th floor walk-up. You know what? I don't judge people. Uh, I'm certainly not going to judge somebody who would be a hero to my buddy's O&A. It's, it's a lot to ask. And you're a good man for fucking agreeing. I will say this about Rob, and I hope it doesn't uh, detract anything they did from ONA. He said to me, and I quote, Did you hear? I got ONA some more gaycation days. Now, I know that you can't probably hear this at home, but I threw up air quotes on gaycation. <laughs> that surprised me. Didn't know he was. Uh like that. Like just Fezzy, I heard that you were the topic of the Sam show today. Uh, I like to call it the Sam Without Dave show. Oh, yeah. Well, and I also call it the Sam Without Than show. <laughs> Rumors running rampant that apparently, from some things that we talked about at the end of our show yesterday, that I have this big-time crush on Troy. 
from the ONA show. Well, you brought up yesterday about his hair, right? Uh, I brought up an ONA producer. I mentioned someone who had changed their hair. I never said it was Troy Kwan. Is it Troy? It is not Troy. It couldn't be further from Troy. The ego of the guy. To think that, to immediately think, since I said, oh, there's an ONA producer that I had a thing for, well, that th he immediately thinks it's him. <laughs> um, I uh, am shocked with this because I thought for sure that it was Troy. No. And I, I thought you went for the buy one. I figured, yeah, he wanted that. He wanted that piece of that Troy action. All right, back to the drawing board. Yes, I will uh, tell you right here and now, absolute truth, it is not Troy. All right, then that's my second choice, Roland, after he's switched his hair up a little bit. Is that who you're after, Fess? It's a little cro a closer cropped, but no, I am not after Roland. Nice try. But I'm not here to stroke Troy's ego. Hmm. Why are you angry about it? Well, it's just that all of a sudden, you know... Why is, why is your two emotions falling back to sad or angry? Oh, here comes Troy. Oh, this is uncomfortable. Bad, I never said it was me. Bad news, Bad news, buddy. What's that? You're not the guy. That's fine. No. no, they were. It's not you, mister. That's, and that's fine. No, Sam was antagonizing somebody that was calling in and was saying it was. If, if your feelings are hurt. No. I happen to know that Chris Stanley thinks you're quite the no. looker. You're a good looking man, sure. Chris there is you a go. handsome gentleman himself. There you Thanks. have there you so, it. Right, yeah, it's about your looks, Troy. No, Why were fine. you angry at Troy? Why did this start. From a place of intense anger. Well, just all the speculation about my fantasy love life uh, but, but, and that it's being thrown around but like it's some sort of game show. But wouldn't wouldn't you imagine that if someone said, like if I would have said, uh, by the way, I know for a fact someone from the ONA show is a killer. You would not expect those guys to talk about it? Yes. You can't throw things out like that. Why aren't you attracted to Troy? Troy's very good looking, but, but but Troy is really not my type. A little too much ink. You don't have a type. I'm trying to think of who it could be now. And and I'm not saying that Troy isn't fantastic looking, but Troy was not the ONA person I had in my mind. But where did you hear that I said that I thought it was me? You weren't denying it. I said I didn't know. I didn't know. You, I felt, well, a, well, I you, felt an ego getting you, fed you there. Understand, you understand that I just changed my hair up like last week. I didn't. Know I think it's a mistake, by the way. So the so, old way was right. I, mean, I thought the old pompadour. If that happened, what you know? What am I supposed to say? I didn't. You've now made an enemy out of Troy when he was just the guy, and you came in and you're accusing him, Fez, and you're being angry about it. And Sam is the shit stirrer. I don't know why. No one ever gets that. He's a big tub of shit. Yeah. That well, he, he's not a tub of shit. He would be the he stir. Has, he has the big tub of shit that he's. Well, now you're in. saying that the that other guys on in. the other guys on the Sam show are are, are just shit <laughs> that he's stirring. Stools. Yeah, where the fuck is Sam? Sam should get down here. He's the one that started this shit. I did nothing to do with this. And I did. I, if you listen to back to the tape, I never. I said I don't know if that's me. I look. You can't take Fez's emotions seriously. He f has a crazy emotion. He thinks that it's real. 
he follows it as real. I will also tell you this. I got a call last night uh, from a disheveled Fez who got off on the wrong subway stop. Okay. Uh, and was discombobulated in some way. <laughs> and I had to give this big advice. Get back on the subway, buddy, and ride it to your stop. Uh. Um, that was sad Fez. This is the other side of the coin, Angry Fez. So we got Sad Fez and Angry Fez, and Angry Fez uh, popped out today. Sam, did you believe that it was Troy? Yeah, 100%, yeah. Now how do you feel? Because there's egg on your face. You got to be pretty foolish. I mean, I feel like... Trying to make Troy uncomfortable around me. Troy, I mean, he thought it was him, too. No, I did not. Totally I, know, did. I never came out and said, oh, I think you, that's why it. Why wouldn't... You know what? Well, it's not I, a bad you, thing, oh, though, I Troy. It, I get it. Come, come out. Come on. Yeah. No, it's and, not and, a bad thing if you thought that that was you. And you started laughing I, when the, you were listening to the, the clip. Only, when you were because they the said about the hair. Right. Because I just switched up my hair, and you right. had mentioned something about hair. That's why, I, that's why I was starting to laugh. But we've all been in that situation where... Someone waves and you wave back and then you find out they were waving to someone behind you. And then you just feel like an asshole. Yeah, then you're like the dick and then you hate that person who waved first. Mm -hmm. And And that's what happened today. Whoever it is that Fez has been looking at also thinks it's Troy because we all thought it was Troy. <clears throat> I mean, it's right when he said, you know, guys part their hair. He said part their hair one way and another. I will tell you this much. Yeah. Fez is batched thinking about this person. Oh, yeah. And that, I'm not that making is 100% true. Yeah. true. That is 100% that true. That is, I'm swearing to Mormon Jesus, who will be taking over in November, and we all will be praying to, uh, he's batched to that person. I gotta find out who it is. Get I, on it. I haven't changed my hair in you years. You know what your biggest problem? Well, you can't, can you? <laughs> I, mean, I guess you can shave it. <laughs> your biggest problem is... You leapt too fast. You need to sit and work it a little bit. Go back over what was said. Be a detective. We don't know whether this person is married or single. They're on this. They're a producer for ONA, though, right? They are an ONA person. Could oh, it be a management. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's that? Could it be a man? It's not management. No, it's not management. <laughs> but they work for the show. It's not like a like a big A or something. Is it big A? No, it's not big. I'm not giving you any more clues. You're just going to run your own speculation anyway. I think it might be Big A. He's very angry today. Have a whole Very face. angry. <laughs> Is it have a whole face? He changed his hair. <laughs> Is he still around? Yeah, he's still mm-hmm. kicking. Okay, good. Good to know. Any uh, reconstruction? No, he's still got okay. half a whole face. Keep it natural. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you're on Run a Fed show. Hey. Troy loves cum, so maybe Fez on a reconsider. All right, see, that's the type of things that's going to get people that's thinking that. That's it's all, it's see what you do, shit store? No, because Troy did eat cum before, so... Stop being angry, Fez. Stop being angry. It was, and it was my cum, so just to But when somebody calls me and goes, Hey, Sam, did you hear Fez said that he had a thing for an O&A producer? I go, what? No, I didn't hear about this. And I had E-Rock find the clip. This is, you know... I'm not surprised that people would be curious about it. Of course. And that's why I don't understand Fez's anger... I would begin to speculate. You have to. And to be fair, on Fez's side, I tried to be like, Troy, why don't you talk to Fez? Why don't you start dating in the virus Would family? you be open to it, Troy? I'm not attracted to men. And Fez is an awesome guy. He's a cool... I see him around. We talk when he's in the hallway, but I'm just not So you're leading him on, though, a oh, little bit. On. I mean, you're well, like... Don't fucking be, don't be There's dick teasing. Yeah. He, wore, he wore that shirt on purpose today. Well, well it's fucking great, dude. It's fucking great. Show it off. Yeah, he tailored. <laughs> 
It's tailored down. Um, here's somebody that wants to talk some sense into your face. Go ahead, caller. This is big, big eight. Well, call back later. Uh, Zach, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ron, um, buddy, tell me if I'm wrong here, but, you know, nine times out of ten, would Fez probably not be a, a great co-host? He, he, like, if there was auditions for a co-hosting job, nine times out of ten, Fez probably wouldn't get the job. But I just have to applaud you, sir, because I believe I see the genius. I've been a subscriber for two months and listening to you guys every day. And this, these moments, they create absolute radio gold and willing to actually well, put him... Show if you've listened two months, you know our entire career because we started, I think, three weeks before that. <laughs> so you're yeah. already up to date on everything. Yeah. But most people, once they get in their groove, like if the Letterman show started last night, everybody would be like, what the fuck is with this guy? <laughs> right. Seems ill prepared. He's cranky. You know. really seem into it when the celebrities come out. Uh, if you just suddenly turn on Charlie Rose, you'd be like, he's really old. He's <laughs> a really old guy. Why did they give him it? But it doesn't matter. Fez is Fez. That's it. It's not Fez and Troy the way some of us hoped. No. He's going to stay a single man. Is it, is it like a newer ONA guy? <laughs> Fez yeah. is being misleading. I'll just say that. He's being extremely misleading. I think it's probably Troy. No, I will tell you 100% swear to anything. Why would anybody believe Troy. you? Why would mm -hmm. anyone believe you when you're not saying who it is? This whole thing could end in a second if you would just say who it is, and you're not doing that. Uh, Tim, you're on the Run and Fez show. There's too much hype. We can't take it anymore. Fez, who's the staff for the Make Your Dick Jump? All right, let me just, again, if you've been listening for two months to the show, and you know its entire history, you know that Fez... <laughs> has never paid off a, a fucking storyline. It's not in his DNA. Things just annoy and then peter out and on goes life. That's his thing. <laughs> Why do people fall for that? I could bring up 15 things now that people begged Fez to finish, yeah, to finish and he will not. The Batman stuff was only a couple weeks ago. Oh, we were going to burn it up. and it, was the, it never happens. This mystery is going to lay there. I got about a four years worth of wrestling trivia dares. <laughs> Never going to happen. It just stops. It just goes down. And then he comes in and he yells. That's Fez. Why can't you accept it? It's just what it is. Um, Jason, you're on the run of Fez show. Jason. Yep. It's uh, Memphis area team dies after apparent normal hit. At a football practice. I'm sorry, his parent hit him at a football practice? God. <laughs> a, a parent normal. What? Memphis area team dad. What parent did it? His mom or his dad? <laughs> I think it was his dad, but. Why are you calling here and reading headlines to me? Oh, just wanted to give you the heads up. Oh, good. All right. So, what are the heads up? <laughs> YahooSports.com. Yahoo Sports. Wow. Okay. Thanks. Yep. 15 year old. What? What happened? Is Barry killed him? <laughs> you would give us a heads up on something like that if we had to go into a meeting about it later on. That sounded like Fez with blueberries. It started out. <laughs> yeah. 
I remember how many blueberry things we were going to do. Did any of them pay off? Things? No, no blueberry payoff. None Just at all. Just the awkwardness of the actual blueberry incident. Rick, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, man, I know who Fez has got the crush on. It's Danny Ross. Well, let's be honest about Danny. Back. There's two things to go for it. A, he's a looker, and B, he's an up-and-comer. And why wouldn't Fez be interested? Is that what Fez wants? It is not Danny. See, I can't believe... I have trouble... I said this on the after show, too. I don't believe that there is anybody on the ONA staff that anyone would say is an attractive person other than Troy. There's not one good-looking guy on the team other than Mr. Pink and Purple over here, Troy Hansen. That's not true. Sal's not a bad-looking guy. Oh. Look at Sal. Whoa, young Sal. Sal, huh? Sometimes he's nicknamed Sally Girl around here. (laughs) Is it Sal? It is not Sal. Oh. All right. See how annoying this is. Um, Alan, Michigan, you're on the Ryan Fest show. Yeah, I wanted to ask Troy, uh, what's cum taste like? All right, that's nobody's business. Do you answer it? Yeah, go ahead. All right. It's like, uh, like mucusy. Oh, God. <laughs> what's wrong with fucking women, then? <laughs> Nasty. Oh, thanks for filming the back of my throat up with some mucus. <laughs> Here, swallow it down. <laughs> Once more. <laughs> hey, we gotta eat pussy. Pussy sometimes gross. Well, it depends on where you're going, Troy. I'm not gonna ask you your whole background, but I know you had groupies. Uh, that can be frightening. No, you don't need pussies. You don't need groupies out. There it is. Yeah. Fine little tip for some of you young rockers <laughs> or hip hoppers or DJs. Because I'm completely into trance music now. You totally switched over to that? Yeah, I have. Let's go to the Skrillex show. Who? Skrillex? Yeah, I don't know. I go Skrillex is in trance. Oh, whatever. Yeah, come cover. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Dead Mouse? <laughs> He's not trance either. Uh, Bobby, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Yeah. Uh, Sam can attest to this. Uh, a couple months back, ONA did about a 15, 20 minute segment about E Rock changing up the hairstyle and color. That's true. That's true. I mean, Iraq, he was bleach blonde for a while. No, I mean, a lot of the girls like that. And he takes these Facebook pictures where, you know, he's pointing the camera at himself, his baby blues are showing. It could be Iraq. He's an attractive guy. He told me. Uh, well, not, I don't know how attractive, but cute. You would say that Iraq was cute. Not two days ago, Iraq himself told me that he considers himself, quote, adorable. Yeah. I can see that. Like a cub to a bear? I can see And there's a bear. Fez is a bear in in the the gay world. Uh, Travis, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie, this is fantastic. Fez, you're a genius. It took 10 years for the payoff. If we all remember 10 years ago, there was a girlfriend in Ontario, Canada. We all bought it. We all believed it. You did? So he needs (laughs) a new bit. That, you know, now it'll be 10 years from today we find out who he's in love with on the O&A show. I'm... But Fez, you know, we're, we're just not as smart as you. I'm sorry it takes us a long time to get the best. I'm sorry. I will tell you this for, uh, about not moving, all right? You look at pictures. You look at Hemingway. There will be pictures of him in Africa in front of Mount Kilimanjaro. Hemingway's dead. The mountain's still there. Not moving helps you live a long time. John Wayne and the Rockies. John Wayne is gone. Mm-hmm. The Rockies are still there. Fez is like a big rock <laughs> that does nothing that occasionally people take their families to and then say, look at it. It's beautiful. It's majestic, isn't it? Should we climb it? And you know what that fucking rock is thinking? What's that? Nothing. 
There is no thought process whatsoever. That rock just is. And that's what Fez. That's Fez. He is a rock that just is. Brainless rock? Well, I don't know why you had to say brainless. It's well, not rocks brain- don't have brains. They definitely don't. What about caves? You wouldn't consider a cave a brain? Because <laughs> a hole. Like a brain, it's filled with bats. <laughs> True. So that's Fez being Fez. But at no. least they say nice things. It's beautiful. Yeah. We should come back here. Right. Uh, we should do something with this mountain. <laughs> you know what would make this mountain better? And then the mountain just sits and doesn't do anything. <laughs> and then people go like this. That mountain agrees with me. <laughs> I'm going to build a house in front of it. Maybe we should make those inspirational posters, like the pictures of the mountains, except just a picture of Fez. And under it, it'll say, like, Serenity. I like that. Something like that. Um... They won't sell, but it'll be very funny <laughs> the time we get the first one. Uh, Steve, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hello, gentlemen. Um, so we know it's not Troy, and he denied that it was Sam and Sal and uh, I think even uh, Danny. But when somebody called in about Iraq, he has yet to say that it's not Iraq. It is not Iraq. It's not the sex bagel? It is not. No, and I understand he's a sex bagel. Exactly. And he's earned that reputation. But it is not guy. E-Rock. Why aren't you saying who it is? Because now I'm enjoying the speculation. I'm enjoying torturing Sam. Whoa. Oh, God, oh look who has attention again. Now, later, when he doesn't have your attention, he'll uh, act like he can't breathe and we'll come running around him. Are you okay? What do you need? Uh-oh, did you get off your train? Um, can you get back onto another train? <laughs> Well, then swipe your card. That'll get you right through the turnstile. Yeah, Metro cards. <laughs> um, Subway map. Craig, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Fez has already admitted he likes Spanish men. It's got to be Mars. Here's the problem. Troy could be accused of this and be okay with it. Accuse a Spanish guy of that, and they get into that whole Maricon thing, like and it gets knife. crazy. Yeah. Knife. And okay. they try to win their honor back, and it'll be... Awful. I remember how angry Mars was when someone shook his hand and put their hand yeah. on the top of his hand. He thought they were fucking trying to dominate him somehow. Yeah. Plus, when's the last time anyone saw Mars around here? That's a really good point. You know? He's got to see he's somebody. He's working on this. Oh, he's got the noise thing under yeah, control? Yeah, he's got that taken care of. It's weird on the other channels. You just don't hear it as much. <laughs> At all. No. <laughs> what did somebody tell audio. us that we have the wrong kind of mic stands? Yeah. Why do we have these? They said that we're the only people with these mic stands in this entire place. It's because it was from 57th Street, and they just wanted to move everything over and not put, give us any newer equipment or make or us mic stands. It's not even real equipment. They were yeah, already just a piece of metal. These yeah. things were already here, though, right? There was a studio before we got here. No, this is this. These are the mics from from 57th Street. I understand that, but the studio must have already. Oh been yeah, set the, up. yeah, yeah. It, it was a studio that existed here. So why don't you just leave the better mic stance? I don't know. Um, Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Ron. I'm thinking maybe uh, it's Anthony. You know, he's oh. got those hair plugs. Kind of made it known on the system. show. He's got a big fat cock. So maybe Fez wants to get his ass stuffed by Anthony. You know who just got a haircut the other day? Mm. Opie. Let me just ask this to get it out of the way. Okay. Is your dream to be tag teamed by O&A? Fucking, they have them finger cuff you. Fuck. They're famous. Well, who doesn't have that dream? And how many listeners have they done that to over the years? (laughs) Yeah, they love it. (laughs) 
Get the seesaw going. <laughs> you fucking like the show? You like it? Is it O and A? It is not O and A. Is it O or A? It is not O or A. Well, he, did say, he said producer, didn't you? He did oh, say he did producer. In the clip, he said producer. You're right, Troy. And then he changed it to uh, a surrounding member. But he said producer in that first clip. Uh, There's only two people left on staff. Is there? That are, what does that, that mean? Quote, quote, unquote, <laughs> they work on the staff. Yeah, almost positive. <laughs> that are quote-unquote producers. Yeah, there's only two people left. We're yeah. supposed to be having a guest come in here right now at 10 or 11.30. 10.30 Central, which I still go on ever since you guys went to Chicago. <laughs> I just locked it in my brain. I heard that you almost end up staying in Chicago. I loved it. You loved Chicago. it so much. Yeah. People didn't pick on you and call you names and shit. It was just different, you know? Yeah. I finally felt at home. Right. Well, the people in Chicago, uh, they like really thick pizza, and then other than that, they're just regular people. You get outside of the thick pizza, oh. and their buildings aren't next to each other. No, there's a little space between the buildings. They call themselves a city, but are they? Yeah. seems like there's a, a half of the city missing here. I like the buildings together. The yeah, you like the buildings together. <laughs> on top of each other. Yeah. And then the cabs also don't have a light on. What? So you're not sure. Yeah. You just never know whether the cab has somebody in it, is off duty, That's... or is somebody that you can do. A lot of the people, they're just like, call a cab. Like it was some fucking TV show. Fuck that. I like to hail a cab. It's fun. Yeah. Have you ever even asked a cab to come to your house? No, I just go I outside never... and get a cab. Yeah, exactly. But there, they're like, well, I'll call a cab for you. What do you mean, call? <laughs> Aren't they out trying to get work? Couldn't be Travis, could it? Uh. Wow. That's a good one. That's very possible. I mean, I don't think he's gotten a different hairstyle since I met him seven years ago, but maybe Fez sees something I know. Maybe, maybe I'm not Maybe looking. Fez met pube hair. Probably no. He could have. Oh, it's nasty. Why? Just a fucking comment. Dude's pube hair. It's fucking... Okay, now I say it. <laughs> yeah, real? Now that you fleshed it out, I get. <laughs> why you would think it was odd. I just have never met a guy who changed the part in his pubes. Usually, once you pick a part in your pubes, that's your part, you know? Good point. Right down the middle. Um, let's go over to uh, Jason in Iowa. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, buddy, good morning. I just wanted to say that I can sympathize with Fez because I've walked through an airport and looked for my gate and been at the wrong gate and not known where to go, and I ended up going to a different gate, and everything worked out just fine. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> it was a very strange call to get. It really is weird. It's well, just... then here's the other thing. You know, Fez is a diabetic. Mm -hmm. So as I'm telling you, I go, what did you eat today? And he said that he had two Greek yogurts and then later a chicken sandwich. Yeah. And I'm like, you're a diabetic. You have to fucking view it as fuel. But I'm not hungry. And then it makes me do all the work. Oh. Like, doesn't matter if you're hungry. I'm fucking sitting in my house. Just taking a call from a guy. Yeah, you have to say, get back on the train and eat. That's all. It's almost like a toddler has wandered out. I mean, the fucking subway is pretty easy. I mean, there's a map on every train car. He didn't know why he got off when he did. He just wasn't thinking. Well, then you can take a cab. <laughs> He's, is he new to New York? Yeah, he is. <laughs> just 11 years, so it's all a little confusing to him. I see. Hmm. Uh, I'm telling you, I fucking, I just, I felt like I was just going to run and leap out the window. Don't do that. 
It's just one crazy phone. But call. have you ever known anybody that was a diabetic that doesn't understand how to eat like a diabetic? Yeah, it's like regulate all your shit, right? And it's been like seven years <laughs> that he's been a diabetic, and everyone else that you meet, they're like, oh, I have to, oh, I have this little bag of nuts so I can have it. Yeah. I can have fresh vegetable, whatever they fucking do. And then he's like, I had some yogurt and then layer chicken. And he's making me like, dude, what are you doing? Oh, God, he's fucking bananas. Troy, you seem like you're a little hurt. He's bummed out. No, he wants hurt. to be. He likes I, to be the hot you're guy. You're hurt. I'll tell you what, what bothered me the most yeah. was that Fez saying that I accused him of I'm the person. Because I never said that I think I'm the person. What? I, I've explained how nuts he is. He's absolutely nuts. And he only he's down to two emotions. Incredibly sad and feeling sorry for himself. And viciously angry and ready to claw at, at the world. I should probably tell him, too. We asked your intern on the air. And he definitely thought it was Troy. Everybody thought it was Troy. Yeah, I think I probably, I'm pretty sure it still is Troy. I think yeah, he's probably just lying. Troy. <laughs> yeah, it is, right? And he has like a love-hate thing going on with Troy. He does? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> going by what I had here today. But Troy's right. He was like furious with Troy. Furious. Well, how do you get that mad started. at somebody? I mean, like I'm obviously love, the one who brought it up. It's like you with your chick. Like you're furious with her right. because you love her so much. Exactly. Yeah, Sam took the call and started this whole mess. Yeah. But he was well, he's cool. He's a shit star. Yeah, well, no, I mean, but somebody, he does his job. somebody called me and I wanted to report on that. And right. Something to talk about. I'm trying to, you know, hurt anybody's feelings here, but... Is your chick doing YouTube stuff now? She did a while back, not anymore. Somebody, but it's still up there. What is it about? I don't know. She used to do a public access show. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I want to say it. It's up she, there. Why don't you do a show with her? She doesn't have time to do a public access show anymore. It's before she got the job she has now. What does she do? She she's wrestling? Yeah, she's, girl? She's a wrestler. No, she's a Divas <laughs> champion. <laughs> um, she works in an animation studio. She's a director's assistant, movie director's assistant. Jeez. Yeah. That's right. Nice. Um, Dumbo, could you come to the office? We've got a couple problems we want to talk over with you. Some reshoots. What could be easier than being a director? Just tell people to draw. Yeah. Draw. Make sure they're all doing one thing after another. Make oh, sure cool. the legs move. Draw a smile. It's frowning there. Fez just snuck back in. Oh, shit. Fez, I think you owe Troy an apology, too. I kind of think he was checking um, out Troy when he walked back in. We've got... Uh, some folks that did a documentary called Detropia. Detropia that opens Friday, September 7th at the IFC Center in New York. Now, Detropia is about uh, everything that's happening in Detroit. Oh, boy. And it is not pretty. If you live in Detroit, you probably already moved. Half the population is gone. That's scary. That's Dude, there's so empty blocks. There's scavengers going into houses and and ripping out that sound, wire. That sounds like the apocalypse, I, not a fucking American city. It's the road. It's the road. Now, Heidi Ewing and Rachel Grady are here, uh, and they did that great Jesus Camp movie. Love Jesus Camp. Uh, years ago. Nominated for an Oscar for that. This one, I'm interested to see how the... Um, critics are going to uh, act with it because it doesn't like have some quick fix. It's There's just, not some 
sunny ending. You it's know? just addressing the problem, right? Of just the, yeah. of what it's not like one of those Clint Eastwood. We're bouncing back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for the people who live there, it's very very rough. So Detropia is the film. Detropia, the film dot com, and uh, we'll set up uh, first responders uh, contest for at Detropia the film. But it is stuff that I do believe Americans should be interested in uh, because it's happening there and a couple of other cities, but this thing could spread fast unless Mormon Jesus helps, helps us all. Please, Mormon Jesus. Uh, let's bring in Heidi Ewing and Rachel Grady. Grady are in with us. It's detropiathefilm.com. Good to see. The last time I saw you guys, moments later, you were nominated for an Oscar. You guys bring us good luck. It does seem like that. We got to hang out more often. Yeah. By the way, was it a blast going to the Oscars? It was ridiculous. It was was awesome. On top of it, we knew we were going to lose. Inconvenient truth. So we just partied it up and had a good time and just sat and just had that one big rock star night had a rock star night flirted with clint eastwood a lot very nice he still got it i gotta tell you (laughs) so it was a fun time now if i'm glad that you brought up clint eastwood though because this movie reminded me of that commercial of course that he did halftime where we were kind of rising up and your film made me wonder uh, how long that rise is going to take well, you know what? There's some systemic problems in Detroit that need to be addressed first. And I mean, I think the commercial's great. And I think what it did is get the whole country talking about Detroit, looking at Detroit, wondering if it's going to come back and what we can do about it. So that was good. But you know what? These these problems were a long time coming. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, sorry, but it's not going to happen overnight. But I, I like the attention being paid to the city right now. But I was also thinking watching your film, a lot of the people who might have helped turn the city around moved you know i mean uh plenty of people have gotten out of detroit sure mainly the middle class that's right yes the um well first the white middle class yeah and lately it's been the black middle class and the frightening thing i think for us is knowing that the middle class is shrinking in america is there a possibility uh in the future that America could end up looking like Detroit. Well, you know what? The, Detroit can be looked at as a canary in the coal mine. I mean, we, you know, we like to say things like the shrinking middle class. Well, when you look at it, you see it on the ground, a lot, hundreds of thousands of people have already slipped into what we call the working poor. People who literally have a job, and mm-hmm. they work 10 hours a day, and they can't pay their gas bill. That's happening. So I think, you know, in some ways the film is a cautionary tale. I think as a country, we got to take some collective action and make some de- decisions about how far we're comfortable with our standard of living falling and plummeting but it's also a place that we can look to if it if it is able to get back you know to at least 
a, a, a nice quality of life for its citizens that we can learn a lot of lessons from it mm-hmm. and be applied to cities all, all over America. So it's an important place to watch. They're trying a lot of things in Detroit, a lot yeah. of interesting things. And so, you know what, if they, if they stumble across or create something new and innovative and different, then it will become a model for other cities. And yet the people there, a lot of the people, of course, they hold on to the auto industry. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in an industrial town where people were always saying that the jobs will come back, the jobs will come back. And a lot of artists get cool-offs out of it, and Mm -hmm. a lot of coffee shops get to have folk bands. And it's really a big thing that, and you could blame this president, the last president, but you're probably wrong, it's probably seven, eight presidents going back that this slide has been taken back. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. yes. I mean, I think Detroit's been feeling this mm-hmm. since prior to the riots of the late 60s. Probably the late its peak was probably the late 50s. Right. But we sold the store in a lot of ways in the 80s as well. I mean, I think some national policies have hurt places like Detroit and sort of mm-hmm. it's time to pay the piper. I mean, we, we, we literally did not, I mean, I'm not a protectionist, but we really have sold away the store. And right now you're in a situation where you've got the auto, several of the auto companies basically saying, look, um, we'll give you our intellectual property. Um, if you give us the right to sell in your market. So now we're not just, you know, giving away the jobs. We're also giving away ideas. Um, and, and that's, that's really, really dangerous. It's really short sighted, mm-hmm. uh, of a lot of these corporations. And so that's, it's, it's a really kind of chilling moment. But see, here's what also my feeling is a lot of that comes from Wall Street. And those people never lived in Detroit. They never lived in Pittsburgh. They never lived in Cleveland. They were always about short money. That's right. And that's the same guys that we're acting like are going to save us now. Mm-hmm. The same people who moved our jobs to China and Mexico. And now they're going to rally in and, and help us. I mean, it seems to me if, if anyone has been un-American over the last uh, few decades, it's been the money people. Well, sure. let's not forget either or pay attention to the fact that a lot of these companies in America, including the auto industry, are are, are very profitable. Mm-hmm. You know, they're 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 not feeling this you know recession they're not feeling the joblessness they're not mm-hmm. and um healthy businesses does not necessarily trickle into jobs I mean, you've got, and, and, and good paying jobs. Right. You've got, you've got companies making record profits that are still pushing for lower wages. Caterpillar last week, $4.9 billion profit last year. They're doing fine, but yet they forced the union to have take a, accept a six-year pay freeze. This happened a week ago. So I feel like that sort of the corporations are saying, oh, look, you know, there's no jobs. No one's going to quit. We've, we've got full, full power right now. And they're really, really pushing the middle class even lower. And it's so short-sighted. Who's going to buy their products of these American companies if no one can afford them? Because every business now works on the quarterly earnings. That's right. And all the guys who are uh, in the highest offices, they answer to people. They go, what are, what are our profits this quarter? Uh, if you would remember that this country, we used to always have these like films that we'd see in school about the future and all that, and all that stuff has gone away. No one sits around and, and wonders about the space program or what our city is going to be like. It's always this quarter, what do we have now? What did Obama say recently? He said, um, I'm not trying to preside over America's decline. We're, we're trying to give it another 50 years. It wasn't Obama, it was someone in administration. Mm-hmm. We're trying to hang on for another 50 years. That's not really long-term thinking. No. 
And no. that's amazing to hear out of any administration, out of any policymaker, and maybe it was a slip or a gaffe, but, you know, we're definitely, we're not, we don't have the long view right now. Right. And that short view, that short-term thinking is one of the reasons that Detroit is where it is. And it's not just Detroit, mind you. So. Right. There, uh, any, well, I think the biggest problem that Detroit had is that they're a one industry town. That's right. And that's always been a problem. Uh, because you ride it up and you would be crazy not to get the great jobs. But when that thing starts to head down, you got to have a plan B. You got to have a plan B. There isn't one. And the thing is, um, yeah, that there was, there was always that feeling that we're just one excellent car away from a comeback. And I got to tell you, even when we were making the film, all eyes were on that Chevy Volt, which is in our film Detropia. Right. And, you know, it didn't do what they thought it was going to do. And you, we, we got to get off this idea that the corporation, the giant corporation is going to take care of us. Um, that's just not happening. Entrepreneurship, I mean, 100% of job creation right now in this country are, are, is entrepreneurial, are entrepreneurial startups. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be 10 people here, 50 people there. I think the idea that we're going to have hundreds of thousands of jobs created by some huge idea, I think we should stop waiting for that. That's never coming back because... Uh, there are always peop- there are people on the other side of the world willing to do it for fifty cents a day. Exactly. And you and the you you know for years some people would complain about unions, but the union guys in your uh, film were fighting for such small pay. Yes. And very uh, certainly you couldn't raise a family on that kind of thing. Absolutely. And that this is the working poor that we where we were just discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. They have made their concessions. They have. I mean, uh, the public unions, the private unions, they've been chipped away. They have been chipped away. And maybe at a certain point, they were too bloated. You know, I think that they would even admit that. You know, they were, they rode the wave just like everybody else did. And that's human nature. But they've had no choice. They have shrunk. They are mean and lean. Uh, to a certain extent, and so we we can't blame them anymore. We we have to figure out we have to figure out a solution and stop just being pissed off at these at collective bargaining and you know guaranteed raises, etc. And can we really just keep cutting our way, cutting our way out of this problem? It's a national problem. It's a problem that the Detroit government's dealing with. I mean, they're in a consent agreement with the state, so they're they they have a huge budget deficit. They're trying to chip away at in Detroit right now. Other cities also on the brink of bankruptcy. Look at Stockton, California, etc. But basically, the public union just took a 10% wage cut in Detroit. So the average salary went from $26,000 to $20,000 a year. Are these people really living large and high on the hog? Really? $20,000 a year. And you're showing parts of Detroit that are honestly gone. They're inside the city and there's no one there. And some of these scenes look like you're watching the road. I mean, some of these scenes look like the bomb dropped 20 years ago and there's people... Honestly, just they're scavengers. Scavengers in some of these scrappers. Places. Yeah, that, yeah, that's true. You know, it, it it does look like that at certain times. But what we noticed um, was, be, you know, we looked at all the films that have come out about Detroit and these these uh, photographs that are very famous and kind of being, you know, uh, shown around right now. And the bottom line is, yes, there is a lot of desolation. There has been a lot of, you know, um, abandonment. But there are 700,000 people living there. There are a lot of people living there. They're that just have spread lived out. there for a long yeah. time. And I think that they have been forgotten in a lot of ways and kind of pushed to the side. And we're hoping that we gave those people somewhat of a voice in our film. Uh, they have been somewhat forgotten, including by, like, 
the mainstream media, the news doesn't focus on this because there's not a quick answer. Exactly. And that's the thing that gets me crazy about Americans is that we think there's going to be a quick answer. There aren't. Especially for things like education, for job growth. Mm -hmm. These are hard. They take a really long time. As a politician, you might not get credit for it because it's going to happen a long time after you're gone. So I think that the incentive for, um, you know, thinking long term, especially since there's quarterly profits, especially since there's elections every four to six years, that, you know, there's no incentive for these policymakers to do anything. Mm-hmm. And it's also incredible what, what what the news media can and cannot focus on. While we were filming Making Detropia, the national, because of these Super Bowl commercials, basically, the national narrative literally changed beneath our under our eyes about detroit it was like artists are moving in the the auto industry's back detroit is recovered it's all good and i there's hope in detroit and i like the attention on detroit but guess what we've got some issues that like Mm -hmm. rachel says that take more than four to six years to fix ain't nobody talking about those and we're we're, i mean our fear is that after this election uh you know we we really hope that president obama continues to focus on detroit he's been visiting there a lot joe biden was there yesterday it's an important state for an election you know everyone wants to talk take credit for the bailout okay but you know what our fear is that it's one of those places where like when the trendiness ends and we realize it's still problematic the politicians are going to be like you know what I can't deal with this place. So we really, really want to keep it on the radar even after November. Yeah, and after November, there's a really good chance that Mitt Romney is going to be president of the United States, and is he going to have the same you know, feelings? Let's face it, I think that we've got two parties that are so ugly with each other right now, and they're basically fighting over who gets to run the shithouse because they're letting everything go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that got me about your film that I think because there's so much that's in Detroit that's like suburban, what we would consider the suburbs, Mm -hmm. is that those places can't sit empty long. Like when you had Manhattan in trouble, you had uh, Brooklyn in trouble, those buildings that were built pre-war still have that cool vibe, you can bring them back. Those suburban track homes aren't ever going to have that thing sure. about it. We've, we've built a lot of buildings in the 1950s and 60s that don't have, a, I don't think, a long shelf life. And that idea that we had to keep growing and sprawling and right. we have the space, let's use it. I mean, you know, the, Detroit's a perfect, I grew up in the area in the suburbs of Detroit. Yeah. My parents are Detroiters. And, you know, the idea that like, they just keep expanding and now it's it's making it so hard to shrink it, to make it yeah. workable. The public transportation, the garbage pickup, 140 square miles, it's too big for 700,000 residents. What do you do? It's a mathematical problem. It's a geographical problem. And it's true, the suburbs also, they just keep expanding. So there's no real unity between the suburbs and the city, and that's been a problem. And Detroit's not the only place where you've got this divide. Well, that's not really good for anyone. Well, here's the irony for you. The reason we have that suburban sprawl is Detroit. The car is what made us leave the cities, move out to this supposedly better life, and now it's, you know, getting run down and filled with Oxycontin. And right. I think only 50%, I hope I'm not misspeaking, about 50% or less of Detroiters actually own a, an automobile. That's the irony. It was built for the car. It was No one ever thought that mm. they would need a subway or a really good bus system or anything. Right. And so we're in a situation also where, again, short-term thinking, of course, everyone's going to have two cars. Well, that's actually not the case, especially in well, Detroit, which is very ironic. Well, you also don't want an industry 
specifically in this case, the auto industry, to be the one designing a city with right. highways everywhere, highways that cut neighborhoods off, that are not uh, community-focused. Um, and, you know, as Heidi said, this, this, this problem was, you know, you could have forecasted this 50 years ago when they were building all these, and they were creating this donut around mm. the city, which, you know started bleeding into each other they look very similar now around the edges so you know where what makes a city a city and also you know those highways just to go for talking detroit those highways and byways were also bisected people by race and that's an also endemic problem in places like detroit no one's ever dealt with the racial tension in the city that started even before the riots um and again how does the, the city go forward unless that's addressed in some kind of way and do you feel we're making any real progress or, I mean, do you feel better after making the film before you made the film or? Um, honestly, don't feel better, mm -hmm. but feel like at least we're trying, you know, what we can do as storytellers, as, you know, Americans, as passionate people to try and get a conversation going. Because, you know, I think that the conversation has just started because more and more people are feeling the, you know, the hurt. There, more and more people are losing their jobs um, and getting affected by globalization. So it's part of the conversation. It hasn't been for a long time because everyone was doing okay. Yeah. Yeah, I see. It's true. And in, in times of, of this, is a, this is a moment of national anxiety. It really, really is. And when people are afraid, maybe they start. They seem to start paying attention more. So you hear more in the ether and in regular conversations, not just in New York, but around the country. People actually talking about the economy in a serious way. And it's it's less fluff. Um, and I think that's a good sign. So I guess I feel a little bit better than I did before. We've gained a lot of knowledge over these two years, and we we think that they're they're it's hitting critical mass, and people are actually. Paying attention, so you know we have to feel optimistic. You know, there's a couple points that come up from different people that you guys had on the, in your film. Uh, some of it was the fact that we started celebrating way too fast, uh, and the globalization. The weird thing about that is that's us winning the Cold War. Right, China used to hide from us. You know, Russia was inside. Now, be, now that they're uh, adopting some of our capitalist stuff they're competitors yeah and they're whipping our ass and very they, very quickly exactly. and they call it the rise of the rest you know yeah. we always talk about the west but this is the rise of the rest and it's the thomas friedman quote that we have in the film where he says basically put our feet up after the cold war we're like we won this this is awesome yeah meanwhile we unleashed he says a world with a billion people just like us competitors and they're hungry india china brazil the, i didn't even know what a brick nation was i didn't know what brick meant brazil russia india china until we made this film these are the countries that matter brick these are the this is this is what everyone's focusing on there is not a usa in that in that phrase amazing these are countries that are hungry that are growing leaps and bounds they can't have enough natural resources they can't build fast enough that was us at one time yeah. their middle class is growing our middle class is shrinking something's going on here well there's another point that I, that was made in your film by one of the folks was about the middle classes keeps the upper class safe from the lower class that if we don't take care of these problems now a french revolution type of deal won't be that far off the table 10 20 years down the road economic revolution yeah and we've seen teeny tiny cracks of that mm -hmm. um 
Occupy Wall Street is, you know, happened while we were making this film. And it was kind of, it was interesting. It was, you know, some, it was, it, you know, it had been predicted by one of our characters. Like mm-hmm. he said, he said, there's, you know, you, you, there has to be a buffer between the rich and the poor. Um, that's just, that's how societies are built. And um, it seems like people are noticing and getting pissed off that that buffer is disappearing. I think what's also interesting is that Obama didn't uh, embrace uh, Occupy Wall Street because his job is to serve the corporate people. Uh, and I think he could have gotten reelected if he would have embraced that same anger out there and saying, look, I'm with you. I'm just as angry about these things. We've got to move on it. You sound like you don't think he's getting reelected. I don't think he's getting reelected. Really? Yeah. I don't think... Uh, I think that that you've got two parties serving the same corporate people and those corporate people have picked Mitt Romney. Right. And I also doubt right now that the American people have the get up and go to to fight. Man, do we need a third party, a we fourth need a third and a party. fifth party? Yeah. My God, if not now, when? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's this device where everyone is so tired and nothing gets done. It's like, you know, it's, sometimes I think we're making this film, you hear about China's making, building these bridges and roads and doing all this stuff, and it's like, man, dictatorships really, really function pretty well. Well, they do. They do work well for business, you know what yeah. I mean? And uh, oddly enough, with FDR's popularity that he had, he was able to do all that kind of stuff. And because the and they country, were desperate. Yeah, the country was desperate. And that's when you make change. It's almost like... You gotta hit met, rock bottom. You, you meet somebody that won't go to the dentist until the pain is so bad. Right. Then they show up and go, do whatever you want. Right. I don't care. We are like a nation of alcoholics who has to finally one day wake up and say, "I'm not going to live this way anymore." Right. You know, we're I'm such a young country. It. We have got so much to learn, and I, it's, it's uh, we're paying the price for that sort of short-sighted behavior. Well, so much of it, I think, was handed to us in school that somehow we were blessed. Right. Somehow exceptional. That, yeah. That hey, you're the lucky ones. You've got this and that. And we've stopped working for it. I want to talk to you a little bit about the music that's in the film because you went local with that as yeah. well, right? We um, found a wonderful composer named Dial 81. His name is Blair French. Mm-hmm. He lives in Detroit. He's never written a score before. And we feel like he captured that gritty, that analog city in a digital world. That analog, it's, it's, it's you know, record scratches and faraway voices. And he recorded everything from scratch. And it's almost sound design and score together. And it really captures something specific about Detroit, we feel. And uh, it, it's available. And his name is Dial 81. And uh, it's, it's a really special aspect of the film. Well, congratulations to you guys for be- doing another remarkable film. These Thank things you. aren't easy to take on. It takes years, years to <laughs> get going. Uh, already you're opening in New York at the IFC Center on September 7th, which most people don't realize just to be able to do that with a documentary film is an amazing thing. Uh, but then you really start rolling out on September September 14th, and you're going to be in 35 other cities. And we add cities every day, and you can check out detropiathefilm.com. Every city we add, um, we're bringing the film to people. And on Twitter, it's at Detropia the film. Thank you so much, Thanks guys. Thanks for having us. What a pleasure. Uh, uh, congratulations, Thank and you. we'll see you next time through here, okay? Thank cool. you. Bye-bye.
It is the Ron and Fez show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. For um, anybody who wants to get into the first responders at detropiathefilm.com, at detropiathefilm uh, on Twitter, I'm sorry, at uh, detropiathefilm.com is to check out for additional screenings, but it's at Detropia the Film for first responders. Uh, D-E-T-O-P-I-A the Film. Detropia. D-E-T-R-O-P-I-A the Film. Uh, the film. Uh, that's on Twitter, and you can go over to that. But... It is interesting to just see how complex the situation is in Detroit uh, and in America, and it's going to uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough if Obama wins, and it's going to be tough if Mitt Romney wins. And there's got to be some kind of you know the infighting. The infighting that's going back and forth while we're losing our way in, in the planet is driving me crazy. It's becoming like whoever wins, the other side will just, be, just fuck them over, right? That's what happened the last four years. That's what happened with Obama. For the last four years, it's like, all right, let's lock this fucker up so we can't make any moves. As spite. Um, and, he, you know, it's one of the problems that we have in America now, too. We always bragged about our checks and balances. <laughs> Uh, now it's becoming more and more difficult to um, turn this ship. You know what I mean? It's tough for anybody to turn this ship. You know, when we were talking about, when Detroit was talking about downsizing, and we heard from so many people like, no, you don't understand. Uh, you know, miles and miles, square miles of empty houses just well, sitting there. And we're like, so who's in there? Like squatters and shit? No. That's scary. Nobody's there. It's just abandoned. And yeah. well, a couple months ago, it was like, uh, we're going to start turning off all the lights in, in Detroit to make people fucking get out of those fucking empty areas. So yeah, because... Bill. And they, they were just showing these dudes, right? So they're going into places, uh, more or less illegally, but no one really gives a shit. And they're just going after steel and copper yeah. and carrying it out just for scrap and just sitting around at night and they just have like bonfires and there's nothing around them in these neighborhoods uh, and where's the scrap going? China oh. these dudes sell it so to somebody who go, takes it to China to build into shit that then we buy at Walmart that's and we're like fucking gunning ourselves uh, the weird thing is I was born in a city that already happened to Chester, Pennsylvania, which used to be just tons of industry, um, became nothing, and now it's known for having a prison, a casino, and a soccer stadium. And it's really like Back to the Future too. Yeah, like when you Biff. go there. It's Biff's right in the fucking country. <laughs> it's like fucking Biff <laughs> was... It's just bikers instead of cops. Fucking laid into it. Um, 
at Detropia, the film. I would love it if the first responders could get on it because I happen to really like documentary filmmakers because they don't have a stu big studio behind them. They make up their own minds about what they're going to do. Jesus Camp, you'd already saw it's such a crazy, awesome movie. fucking movie. Yeah, these two ladies are so. Um, they're like aggressive and feminine at the same time, and they also don't put their selves in it's, this film. It's just the people in the movie. I get even. more and more annoyed with the guy who feels the need to put himself in the <laughs> film. I just want to watch these things. Um, it's very, very um, crazy how long that these problems took place, right? And then for some reason we want it taken care of very, very quickly, hopefully with a Clint Eastwood. Yeah, commercial. Commercial. Uh, that makes everybody feel better about themselves while they're watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> Fuck yeah! He's coming back! Yes! He's doing it! That old guy's fucking right! <laughs> We're gonna buy some American cars and the Giants really are gonna win. We've got really complex problems now. Now you're not going to hear that in the fucking election. Nobody will say... Hey, these problems are really, really complex. No one wants. No one wants to hear that. No, you don't want to hear it. <laughs> uh, you, I'll tell you really. I mean, because the football season's coming up, the way that there's 32 fucking cities right now who think they're going to win the Super Bowl That's right. just yeah. goes to show you how delusional we can be as people. Well, I mean, Cleveland can't be. So let's say 31. <laughs> you don't think that they feel good about themselves? Trent Richardson's knees already fucked up. So I, I guarantee you, there's still some people there going. I see a lot of good stuff. They you think know they what? can get in the playoffs, and then anything can happen. Well, that can though, because of Giants fucking beat. Giants. <laughs> That's the problem. Should have beat the fucking Packers. Whatever it happened. Um, Jason in Detroit, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ryan Fez. I love that interview, and I'm, I'm definitely checking that movie out when it comes out to the city. Um, You'll probably see your house in it. Well, the thing going around in, in Detroit is. Everybody wants us to uh, start putting in a bid for the 2024 Olympic Games because they think that'll turn the city around. Well, it's very weird. We even, you know, I don't know whether having like a really great swimming thing, I mean, I'm sure it'll bring some jobs in, but uh, I don't know whether that's the thing that will bounce. Um, let's go over here to uh, Kevin. Kevin, you're on the Run of Fed show. Hey, Ron. Uh, I used to live in Philly. I lived in Detroit for five years. I worked for one of the major auto manufacturers, and, and you know, she was right on with uh, describing the city, how it looks. I mean, you can't tell the difference between suburb city. It, it's so desolate in some areas, and then some areas are beautiful. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, you know, that starts to have that Gotham City feel. Like, you're always going to have some rich people, no matter what. Um, and there are some of those buildings in Detroit. And what is the theater there? The that gorgeous the theater? theater, the Fox Theater. Yeah, I mean it's actually one of the most beautiful theaters I've ever seen in my life. Some of that stuff can really be, you know, when you have those old buildings, they really can make a comeback because they're made with brick. Suburban buildings that were built in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. When they start to go, forget about it, man. Right? I mean, yeah. it's fucking linoleum. And forget about it. It's just, what the hell are you supposed to do? And the weird thing for me, who grew up in, like, probably the peak 
of suburb culture, you know, when things were still like brand spanking new. Nice. Like, you know, my whole block was built at the same time when we moved from Chester into Chichester. All my friends moved in at the same time. We <laughs> Our block just filled up. And that's what we thought life was like as little kids. Like, hey, new everything's shit. new and great and we're space age and everything's fantastic. So to see that stuff start to decline is is somewhat shocking because it never felt like that could happen you know yeah the, yeah, uh, the suburbs is. were always supposed to be the safe easy place maintained yeah out of the um you know home home ownership was the biggest thing in the world that you could do uh 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ it's at Detropia the film at Detropia the film for first responders. Uh, let's go over to uh, Gary. Gary, you're on the Run of Fez show. Oh, yeah, Ron. Uh, you know, you, you see this stuff, and, and, but a lot of it, it, it this appears to be all this misguided government. Uh, I saw this thing where to comply with ADA standards, they were building the ramps, um, you know, in intersections where you would cross the street in these neighborhoods where there's not anybody living, there's no houses, but they were spending millions of dollars to build these ADA ramps. And it just seemed, you know, at this time when everything is so tight, there's no money, you know, what what worse way to spend the money? Well, I haven't, you know, that, that I, I'm not familiar with what you're talking about, but I'm sure that we can spread the blame around everywhere that we want to. It's government's fault. It's corporate fault. It's individual's fault. Obviously, it's the uh, fault of the unions as well. Uh, everybody got involved in this. And, like, we could sit there and point at each other who we're blaming while the fucking ship sinks. <laughs> but quite frankly... Well, We're that, all going to drown together. Yeah, it's I mean, it's, it's going to mean that everyone has to take responsibility for fucking trying to fix this thing, and no, and everyone just wants to pass it off to the one person they need to blame. Um, Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, you know how you said those people are stripping those buildings are getting paid for their own demise? We have given GM billions of dollars in bailout money for them to move their plants to China, so we're actually paying for our own demise. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, the the remarks that I made about, you know, the, the corporations, um, there, I honestly believe that there was a lot of anti-American sentiment with moving those jobs. That for some reason, um, we felt like we didn't want to be an industrial nation anymore, and it's somehow uh, industry is only for... And by the way, I don't. I'm. I don't think industry is coming back to America. It doesn't seem like it. I mean, this it's we just create entertainment and websites and then fucking design and marketing, right? Yeah, we, I mean, we do a lot of design and we're marketing. We're dominating that shit. Um, for now, <laughs> for now we are. But who who are we marketing? We're getting. We're marketing so the Chinese can so, sell our shit back to us. It's fucking crazy. Everybody wants to be Don Draper. Dude, that's not what I was talking about. I'm running this thing right here. And I'd like to have some updates on it so I know how much. 
Ron Zero Fez, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. All the stuff that we fucking talked about the other day, we said we were going to be on, that's what I want us to be on top of. Uh, Chris, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron, great interview. You know, you, you made that quote about Thomas Friedman. I remember when I read that quote, his book, it hit me like a punch in the face where he's like, when we won the Cold War, we put our feet up, and that's when we should have been working harder. While we can handle being... You know, having a military competitor, we were not ready to handle business competitors around the world. Uh, you know, I always call it in boxing, I always call the champ fat. That these guys would work so hard and then win the belt and you'd turn around and they would have put on 50 pounds in like a month of celebrating. And it's almost like somehow, and I do, and I will go back and blame the educational system somewhat on that because... We were taught very early on that we're the greatest nation in the world. We are um, the blessed ones, blah, blah, blah. We're at the top, and that's where we belong. Instead of go, go, go. That's what you do. Um, Back when we were the industrial giant is also when we had NASA. And NASA helped us come up with tons of these ideas. Uh, We're going to be... uh, now NASA's fucking in the shitter. Um, let's uh, break right now, and uh, we'll be back. By the way, first responders, it's at Detropia the film. At Detropia the film. We'll be right back. It's the Ron Fez show. Yeah. 
It's the Ron and Fez show on a uh, Thursday. We used to call it Thirsty Thursday, but Hicks then found out that every day is bad except for Friday. Yeah, Friday's not a good day of the week, apparently. So I guess I was just fucking associating these things with other days of the week like an idiot. You ever notice that any of these sports guys in this place, if they're in the hall talking, uh, that they only... Um, say the one exact thing that they work at sports. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it's a completely different thing than what you told me. So we're all not communicating, and I'm on the air, so I, I can't work it out. Um, they only talk about sports. Yeah. Uh, the, for the last like couple of days, the the big thing I just hear all the sports guys yelling about is fantasy rankings. <laughs> Literally, then they're saying the same four, the same five names in just different orders, walking yeah. around the hallways, just yelling them. It's like I guess look who's won, Rogers. They're like, no oh, man, Ray Rice, you're crazy. What yeah, the fuck? Yeah, it's so annoying. <laughs> uh, time to announce our unmasked. Woo. Um, and any of that would be too slow, wouldn't it? Now, what you're doing, it could have been done all before. Um, our unmasked. This is one that we're very excited about because we've been wanting to do for a while. Uh, because one of the things, and we've done, have we done like 70, 70 different people? Yeah, it's getting close. Uh, and this is the first time that we will be working with anyone who's got ever done any ventriloquism, which is. You know, this, mainly because a lot of people don't do it well. A lot of time it's done in that family style yeah. that, you know, well, it's just like, you can never put it in the same kind of situation where you have the kind of comedians that we enjoy. But Pendulette uh, has actually said that this is the only one that he believes uh, matters. Uh, Otto from Otto and George awesome. next Thursday... August 30th, 4 p.m. here at Sirius. Uh, it should be um, phenomenal. It's going to be fucking great. I was going to be awesome. Love them. Uh, we were already getting requests as it's popping up. <laughs> Jesus. Because this one's going to go fast. Uh, he, I think he's one of the more interesting guys... Um, that we're going to be doing this with, and I've never really understood why somebody would think, hey, let me go in this direction rather than just say it myself. <laughs> so I'm fascinated, and I'm attempting to know very little about it going in so right. that I can just 
hear about it because I think it's a phenomenally different way of uh, going at comedy. And one, if I'm not if I'm not wrong about this, it probably the art of this is probably older than stand up comedy. You know what I mean? Like this probably came shit. from, but even pre vaudeville. I mean, it went probably went from puppetry to some puppeteer oh, yeah. figured out how to do it and control the mouth and well it's not so much controlling their mouth but your own mouth oh yeah that that part of making the jaw go <laughs> up and down is probably not the tricky part so uh otto of course from otto and george uh head on over to the ibang and we will uh be putting this uh, one out there very, very quickly because we know a lot of people have been wanting this unmask to come down for a long time. Oh, yeah. And we've discussed this, you know, we started to talk to Otto and his people a long time ago before we could get everything worked out. So I'm so excited. I think this is going to be a blast. It's going to be super fun. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It is the Ron and Fez show. Uh, Hicks off the uh, IB wire. This is one that's had you um, just furious, and it's a gambling story. Okay, this this is some bizarre shit. In AC, the Golden Nugget, there was a mini baccarat game going down, and a, a group of about fourteen dudes in total took the casino for one point five million dollars. What's the big deal? They got lucky. Everybody right? at the table. Everyone uh, total. Everybody at the table is a lucky winner. Everyone's hitting. They fucking get for. They hit for one point five million among all of them. The casino turns around and doesn't pay out the cash because they say the guys were fucking working a system because the same cards. The dealer at the table, the main baccarat game, was dealing out the, the same cards coming out in the same sequence, so they knew what was coming every uh, single hand. So the dealer was crooked. They not saying the deal was crooked. They're saying these guys, they didn't cheat, but they're saying they're, you know, saying they're cheating. And they're I, saying I'm the looking co- this story over. What you're not saying is that these cards weren't shuffled. Yeah, and then they're also suing the card company, saying they sold them cards that weren't shuffled, so that, that but they were supposed to be pre-shuffled. Um, why wouldn't the dealer just shuffle himself? I have no. That's what a dealer clue. does. Yeah. That's <laughs> the job. They get the shoe of cards and they fucking shuffle them. So now they, the the casino like noticed midway through that these guys were fucking winning way too much money apparently because no one's supposed to fucking win in a casino. And they paid out about $500,000, but they wouldn't pay out the other million dollars in chips. So there's a million dollars in chips out there that they wouldn't even fucking redeem. And now they're suing the guys who won, who won all that fucking money. It's 14 guys in total. And, uh... The casino's just a bunch of scumbags. They fucked up. They shouldn't be... They're accusing these guys of cheating when they just took advantage of a screw-up. That's not cheating. They weren't... It wasn't an organized attempt to take the casino's money. The casino had bum cards. Huh. Allegedly. That's what That's what the casino has But why deduced. would... But see, here's the thing. The casino has every right then to sue... The card company was supposed to do this, but they still have to pay out. You're saying they, they, they get to sue that company 
and not pay out. So yeah. somehow that they... And by the way, why wouldn't the dealer just yell out, hold on, something's wrong here? Yeah. I've worked... Play, I mean, I've been in places where the dealer said there was something wrong with the deck. There would be a ripped card or something like that. They would pull it or some... I've seen the bosses, pit bosses walk over... And spot something, And right? say, look, I don't like this. We're shutting this game down. Why do they have to have the complete advantage... And no one else could ever get an advantage. It's totally fucking insane, dude. It, it's unbelievable. They're just and they're suing these guys that just fucking got the fucking heads right, up on them. This guy written to me. There are rules you can't cheat. First of all, how are you cheating? You're playing the card that they dealt. Yeah. If somehow you, in a very Ocean's Eleven way, ended up putting the cards in there, open up a fucking a, yeah. A those people. Company. Those people are cheating. <laughs> but if you're sitting there and the cards come out, you're playing those cards. How would that be cheating? All right, look. This is what the fucking casino, this is what they put out. The gamblers unlawfully took advantage of the golden nugget when they caught onto the pattern of the fucking cards coming out. That's bullshit. That's insane. They, a casino has to lose sometimes. They don't ever want to lose. They only demand to win. And win over and over and over. I don't even know how fucking many Baccarat's played, but I fucking... Well, who cares? It's like Baccarat with really fucking short people. It's weird. Um, let's go over here to Mark. Mark, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, I just have something quick on this. I guess it's some sort of a legal technicality that the casino has to sue the players first to, like, prove that there was something not right. In but they didn't... They, according to Hicks, they didn't even pay out. They only paid out yeah. a third of the money won. I don't know anything about that, but I know they have to sue the players first to sue the card company, but they're not expecting to get anything out of the players. They're, they're, they're if they don't pay them, they company. shouldn't... First of all, they owe the players money, <laughs> in my opinion. I play the cards that are fucking dealt to me. I'm not here to help you, your dealer, the pit boss, the eye in the sky. That should not be my fucking concern. Walking into a fucking casino as a gambler, you're walking into an unfair fight. It's now, obvious. Now, here's another thing about, oh, noticing the patterns. If you're going into the sports book, right, and Green Bay is fucking playing, uh, let's say, Buffalo, and the line pops up, Green Bay at home getting 13 against Buffalo. Yeah. I don't feel like it's my job to walk over and go, <laughs> I think you need to change this. Come if on, anything, uh, the Green Bay should be the favorite here. I think you're off by 20 points. <laughs> what are you doing? That's fucking insane. Um, it's disgusting is what it is. Let's go over here to uh, Kunit in Nevada. You're on fest. Yeah, Ron, this story is total bullshit. It's the dealer's responsibility to shuffle them cards. They come from the factory all in suit. The, the pit boss will hand the dealer the car, the new deck of cards. She'll open them, spread them all out. You'll see them in suit and count them, and then she'll rack them up and then shuffle them. All right, see, here's another thing that happened over the years. As at one time in this country, being a dealer was a skilled position. And now, it's basically like... like um, most people could, I mean, or they'll take anyone off the street if they teach a lesson. It's almost like working at a store. You know what I mean? It's like running a cash register in a store. It used to be like a fucking skilled position. 
And you'd be like, you better keep an eye on the dealer. Some of these de- No more. It's just some fucking 60-year-old lady who's <laughs> doing it as a second job. Yeah. It's just incredibly crazy. Um, Fred, Brooklyn, you're on the run of Fred show. Hey, what's up, Ronnie? How you doing? Good to All talk time. to you. You too, my man. Um, you're missing the whole point of the story. Mm-hmm. This was an electronic shuffling machine. What they do is they, they put it into the electronic shuffler. The electronic shuffler shuffles it. And while you're dealing one hand, the machine is shuffling the next deck of cards in advance. So what happened, they were putting the cards into the electronic shuffler, but the electronic shuffler was not shuffling the cards. So when they put it in, they were literally dealing the same cards in the same sequence over and over again, every hand as the shoes came out. And once the people playing got a hold of that, they started saying, oh, well, the seven came out last time. It's going to come out again. Now, is it, the, is it the casino's responsibility to make sure that the card shuffler is working? Absolutely. The only person that would be at fault here, as far as I'm concerned, would be the uh, card shuffling machine manufacturer. There was no card shuffling going on by the dealer. Once the cards were shuffled by the machine, the dealer would then distribute the cards but, onto the table. But here's the thing. Isn't it also the dealer and the pit boss have to pick up like, holy shit. Understand what's going on in the game there. I mean, immediately, if everyone starts to win at a table, both of them should be going, wait, I haven't (laughs) been paying attention. I've been daydreaming. But how did something's going on here? Absolutely. And and as we all know from the movie Casino, it's not just the dealer. Then you got the the, the pit boss looking after the dealer. Then you got the casino manager looking over the pit boss. Then you got the, the, the... the, the, the crew chief looking over the foot boss, then you got the eye in the sky looking over everybody. Yeah. So everybody in the whole casino security did not do their job. But the people at the table did their job. They gambled correctly. They saw yeah. that something was, was aloof, and they tried to make some money. I don't find them at fault at all. I, I will tell you this, and I brought it up earlier, Fred, I think we're losing the skill positions. The dealers used to be really skilled people, and as we got into all these new casinos, you walk into it, and it doesn't feel like you're in a casino anymore. We've lost that whole cool feeling about it. Absolutely. And and more importantly, the dealer has been, he's really been designated to a guy who just collects the cards, puts them into a shuffler, and then distributes it. He is not a dealer any longer. He's really just a card putter downer for for lack of a better term and and, we've got to have a better term than that i mean seriously fred that's like the worst term ever there's passer outer but but i did read up about this when when they did this to the poker tables they found that they're able to deal five times more games with the machine pre-shuffling the cards so it's a business decision that they're getting more hands played that that's really why it's done that way all right, thanks, Fred. You got it, man. Peace. Uh, let's go over here to Rob. Rob, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how you doing there, Ronnie B? Yeah. I had an incident happen about four years ago at the Hard Rock. Um, I won $19,200 after winning 21 out of 22 hands. Um, they had one of the electronic uh, machines, the uh, shuffling machines. Um, they hauled that off to be reevaluated. 
They hauled a dealer off, and I was interviewed by three members of the gaming commission, along with uh, one of the officials from the uh, casino. And uh, they looked at tapes. Uh, they watched me, uh, and ultimately they found out that nothing had been done wrong. But the bottom line is that these casinos, they don't want to lose. And if you're good at a game and you happen to get lucky, which is what they determined, um, you know, they don't want to pay out. Here's what kills me. If you would have lost 21 out of 22 hands, no Fine. one would have said, this is unusual. Let's take a look at everything. What happened here? They they treat that as if it's great. That should happen. So yeah, uh, and that's what drives you crazy about this. It's disgusting. And quite frankly, the government fucking protects these casinos. Yeah. Uh, because it is completely lined up against regular people. Paul, you're on the Run of Fez show. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I was at Aqueduct, a similar story. I was at Aqueduct one year. Normally when the gate opens, it's electronically programmed to shut down the windows so you can't bet. The gate, the, the windows stayed open. We were still making bets at the head of the stretch. It was a beautiful thing. It was probably the only, the only time in my life I ever had the edge of the racetrack. But they had to pay off. <laughs> yeah, well. I was there. Yeah. You still would have found a way to lose it. Yeah, him. probably. Uh, Tim, Tim, you're on running fest. Ronnie, Chris, you guys okay? I thought I just heard a sniper fire. There will be the occasional sniper fire. He's the that. best in the business. And... Don't get caught in an open field. All I see is a bush in here, so <laughs> I guess there's no problems at all. When did we start getting bushes? Uh, let's go over to Brian. Brian, you're on the running fest show. Hey, guys, uh, a couple things. One, uh, they were all of Asian descent. And secondly, they were held without any food, legal representation, or water for more than eight hours in various rooms with security thugs. That's a casino-ish kind of situation. Yeah. They can't lose. How dare they? They cannot lose. God damn it. Sometimes people have to fucking win. No. It's not for you. <laughs> not on this fucking earth. Well, You're going to win in heaven. Well, you've got these, like, the fucking racinos or whatever, which are fucking popping up next to every racetrack in the country. They have just like, electronic games, just like electronic roulette, just so they don't have to fucking hire someone to fucking throw a ball down. Uh, our ESPN football pool is up. Hell yeah. And we encourage cheating. <laughs> if, Cheat all you want. Come if on. You, if you happen to hear about somebody who's not going to be playing, but it's not put up, go ahead and put your bet in. Come on. Uh, this is going to be very, very fun. I fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm juiced. I really can't wait. It's going to be cool as shit. You know when we're going to be doing the draft? I say the Monday or Tuesday before the. Oh, the, the season starts on a Wednesday. I say we go for the Monday or Tuesday before that. Just, uh, if, if that every, close, huh? If everyone wants to just, I mean, that's, I figured do that but just in case of injuries to, during the preseason. If we, or, or we can go earlier and fucking roll the dice. It's an interesting thing that you came up with. Do we protect ourselves from injuries or is that all part of the game? I lost two guys within the first two games last year. That's terrible. I knew Jamal, I was dead. Jamal Charles, what the fuck? But the weird thing is that is what happens to teams. <laughs> They're like, real teams. <laughs> like, I done all the work. <laughs> Because when's your league doing the uh, the draft? Well, that has hadn't been decided yet because I was wanting to get back into the Ron and Fez league and re and re- remake it the Ron and Fez league. 
But you're in the Renegade League. What was that thing that was just up oh, there? This was a Ants, Nubian Princess. Between 5'4 and 5'6. 110 to 120 pounds. No crackheads. White ass and nice calves. I believe that's Anthony's dream African-American woman. I'm in. Well, be I'm in. I mean, I feel like I mean, no. Don't dismiss the crackheads. All yeah, that, take out the note for oh, me. Put right. crackheads in there because <laughs> I like to see people crawl around on the floor and beg for crack. <laughs> That's one of my turn on. <laughs> you've got to name your divisions too. Fez. You know, you've got to put that together. You got to link up with Narc Zito and Shower Bench Punchy. Make sure everyone can draft at the same time. You don't want an auto draft. That's no fun. No, it's terrible. Uh, look who it is. It's our old friend, Dr. Steve. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hello, Fezzy and Pepper. Hey, hey I, Steve. I don't know if anybody brought this up already, but if you've ever played mini Baccarat, a lot of the casinos will put up the win-loss rec- you know, record for this last deck in an electronic form so everyone can look at it and try to find a pattern. And they know that there isn't a pattern there normally, so people will bet on these patterns and lose. And it's bullshit that when people finally do pick up on a pattern that works that they didn't call them on it. You know, they do the same thing with roulette, too. You know, they'll play. Are you a baccarat guy, oh, yeah. Dr. Steve? Well, I've played. Yeah. You know, I, used, uh, I used to teach poker uh, in, uh, in the last little town I lived in. We had a... A group, and I taught poker strategy. Cause I'm a better teacher than I am a player. I don't have that cutthroat. That you, know. you always like to give yeah. everybody their money back. Like, come on, we all <laughs> yeah, want. Right. I should take this. That was me. How's uh, but, uh, blowhard shit tooth going? Yeah, um, I guess people must really love him on our show because we've. I think we've raised seventy five dollars so far. So he'll take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If uh, anybody wants to help poor Blowhard get a tooth, go to drsteve.com and click on the link. And donate a dollar, for God's sake. Poor guy. Get up to 76. All right, yeah, Dr. Steve. All right, guys. Talk to you later, my friend. Uh, Ryan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, yeah, I was just wondering if you're going to run the Eliminator Logan this year also. You know, we've talked about that. If we do it, we'll think about it next week. We'll make that announcement next week. Uh, we don't know if people like the Eliminator pool as much. I do. Hicks does. Like Fe- you, you're out early every year. Uh, <laughs> it's really but depressing. the problem is, a lot of people, as many times as you explain it to them, they don't understand it, and they do understand Pick'em. Some people can't take it. So I like it. I just terrible. That might games. be for a little more hardcores, because they keep going like this. But uh, I like Dallas, and I want to bet Dallas every week. You can't. But I want. I want to keep betting Dallas. One and done. You can only bet them once. That's it. Bam, 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 bam. Yes, I know. But yeah, the fucking the pick'em is fun as shit. I can't wait for it to start. Yeah, so whether we do eliminate or not, it's going to be up to if the people out there want to play. Pete, Indiana, you're on a fest show. 
Hey, Ron. Love call, Love listening to the show. Um, I don't know if you guys or if anybody's brought this up about the Indian casinos versus the regular casinos in the upper Midwest and Michigan, Indiana, Wisconsin, Illinois. Yeah. The Indian reservations on their slot machines do not have to tell you the payout that that machine is set for, unlike say, in northwest Indiana where there's all those, if you're at a machine and it's not paying out, you could stop a pit boss and they have to open up the back and tell you, oh, this is set at 70% payout. The Indian casinos, the reason they have so many slot machines is they set one or two to pay out 99%, and then they set the rest at 5 to 10%. So that's where they make all their money. And that was told to me by a pit boss who worked at a casino in one of the regular regulated ones, unlike the Indian casinos. Mm. Um. Yeah, I don't ever get any of that kind of stuff. Let's face it. When you go to a casino, 90-some percent of the people are going to lose money. It just happens. When you win money, they want to know how and so they can stop that from ever happening again. And like half arrest you, sort of. Just detain you. And then sue you afterwards if they are really pissed, if the, if the money's big enough. Fucking ridiculous. Crazy. Hate casinos now. Um, Jim, you're on the run of Fez show. Jim. Hello? Yes. How are you? Didn't hear back. Here is Gator. Gator in Iowa, you're on the run of Fez show. Ronnie B. Fez. Hey, Tickler Hicks. How's it hook? What can we do for you? <laughs> hey, uh, I was a uh, CPO in a casino. Uh, I retired. A CPO, a certified peace officer. I was a cop, and then they hired me to work in a casino. And the, it's it's a goofy setup. I couldn't believe it when I got my instructions, and you wouldn't believe how many people I've had to piss off. But part of the reason it takes so long when you went big to get your money is uh, you know, they got cameras everywhere, and they got people that do nothing all day but sit up there and watch that. Well, as soon as somebody wins over X amount, I get called. I have to go up there, and while they're standing around waiting for their money at the cash out, we review the tapes real quick. Mm -hmm. If they see anything, it doesn't even have to be hokey. If they see anything that doesn't make sense, then I got to call the person in, set them down, and explain to them that and the casino has the right to, even if like, a slot machine pays out, and they open it up and say, oh, a tumbler broke. Well, not your fault, not their fault, but they keep the money. And they don't pay out big until they prove that, that nothing is wrong, and it's absolute horseshit. So you could be completely right, and you get nothing. Uh, okay. It's just, you know what, here's the thing. Everyone knows it, and yet they go... So why would they change it? You know what I mean? Like, I really, I think the only way that you could possibly get better odds is just by saying, we're not going to show up until you make the game a little more fair. And that'll never happen. Because degenerates fucking go. See <laughs> the action. Uh, knowing that they are going to lose. Knowing that they're going to lose. That's why I do think at least... If you're playing poker, you're with other human beings, and you're not dependent on some crazy house rules. Or even just the people who are fucking addicted to the slots, and like the slot tournaments they have and shit. Like, I don't even understand that. Slot tournaments. That's just like, yeah, but it's just like, luck, luck, luck. Max, Why not just max. yell out, pick a number, and then one of these numbers will get picked. <laughs>
I would think that bingo would be more exciting than a slot tournament. It's yeah, you don't even get to pull the handle anymore. It's just the fucking the button, the white button. Just press it, press it, press it. And every time you press a, a, a button, an animal in Africa dies. Oh my god! Come on, what they do? If if there was a button here right now, yeah, and that you knew that when you pressed it. Uh, an animal near extinction was going to die. How much money? <sighs> mm, $15,000. Here's another one. Okay. You're going to press that button. Yeah. You know a human is going to die. You'll, you'll never find out where, how. I don't know them. You know nothing okay. about them. Right. It could be like some asshole in China or something. Like any, yeah. Or, who knows, it could be your, your cousin's kid. You're never going to find out. Okay. How much to push that button? $5,000. Less than an extinct animal. Yeah. How come? There's more humans than animals. Well, you know. No, there isn't. Like, extinct animals are pretty... We're, human beings aren't going extinct. Animals, that's fine. I, I, I have probably... I like animals more than humans anyway. So five thousand dollars, five grand, and can I hit it multiple times? Hit as many times as you want. I'm gonna fucking back it up. Then. <laughs> I just say the button was going away. Why? <laughs> Shit, I'm broke. Where's that button? <laughs> going back to the casino. <laughs> you don't even need to go to the casino. You just sit there just all day no, tapping I'm your still button. I want to go to act like a baller. Just How many times do you think you tap that button? If I don't know the people, I'm fucking. That's my bank from now on, and and depends on how much money I fucking need at the time. Does he how much? Oh, it um. To kill a person, three million dollars. What? Now, what is it about three million dollars that you would be willing to do a murder for, and not, let's say, two five? It three million just seemed like I was trying to think the lowest possible amount. I wanted to say five. Three seemed more reasonable. You're missing my point here. Either any way that you look at it, you're no different than Hicks. You will kill somebody for money. Yeah. You will murder somebody for money. Mm -hmm. This isn't even a thing of, hey, I'm going to pollute the water and there's a tribe that lives further down. And You're not even that. You're actually doing a murder. Yeah. For money. For five, five grand. <laughs> Cold hard cash. I see no difference between you and three million dollar boy. You're both killers. Why couldn't this button be for real? I mean, there is an overpopulation problem. We're fucking growing. Oh, so now you feel like we're, you're helping. I, it isn't about you and your addictions being fed. You're willing to kill for money. We're growing at an exponential rate here on the planet. And we don't have the resources to fucking keep on expanding like this. So I am sort I, I could hit it like, you know, fuck a couple hundred times in the course of a day. Start thinning motherfuckers out. And make some money for myself at the same time. You are a strange fuck. Oh, it just happens to be one of those things. <laughs> That's the difference. I would hit it once. One and done with the murdering people. How, what about this? You get to murder somebody, but you get no money. I think I'd still hit it. <laughs> no, I would not hit I that think, button. I think I still would. So you're a hired killer. That's what you are. You're a, an assassin for hire. 
I'd hit it at least once. All right, what about this? All right. I tell you, if you'll go into a room as a person with a mask on, you can pull the trigger, shoot him in the back of the head. How much money, Fess? Oh, uh, I don't want to do that at all. $10 million. <laughs> all right, I forgot to tell you this, though. It's your sister under the mask. <sighs> That's terrible. That's how much $10 million is his sister's love. That's what it's worth to him. All right, now, would it be someone I know? Or would it be a stranger? For you, stranger. Okay. Or still my sister. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's good. Fez, Fez came up with a good point. How much to kill Fez's The same sister? it costs to kill a Bengal tiger, $15,000 to do it in person. And could you please take the mask off her? I want her to fucking scream. I can't. I'm actually fucking... Matter at you for hitting a button to just kill somebody for no reason. That's not for no reason. It's for five thousand dollars. No, even before you said if oh, there yeah. was no money, you'd still hit it once. It'd be cool. Frank, you're on the Running Fest show. Whoops, let's move on. Uh, Tom, you're on the Running Fest show. Hey, uh, Ron, would you look at me any different if I said I'd do it for fifty bucks? Uh, I have no idea who you are, and I'm not even slightly surprised. Maybe if I had that guy die. I'd be happy. I wonder if the button sat there, right? Yeah. And just think if it was the middle of this fucking board, and it's <laughs> us and the O&A show. Yeah. And they just said, by the way, if you hit that button, somebody dies, right? Yeah. How long would it take before somebody on one of the shows... Just tap the button. Because here's what I would think. And I'm going to say this would probably happen more on the ONA show. That someone said, I don't believe it. This is bullshit. There's <laughs> nothing to this. And that would give them an excuse to hit the button. I hit it. No, I, I would hit it and I would think I'm killing someone, though. I would just say, hey, I just killed somebody. I think it would happen very quickly just from the fact of there's a button there that someone's daring you to push or not push. And the temptation would be too great for someone in that group right, not to hit it. W would the temptation be great for you or just to hit it? Yeah, yeah, the temptation to see a, b a button there. Would How long would you go before the death button? Before you hit it? I would, I, uh, half hour. Honestly, I wanted you to be honest now. I, I, I think within an hour, with the temptation there, All right. I would want to... Hit the button. Now, and we'll learn something here. If I told you when that button gets hit, Fez Watley dies, do you still hit it within the hour? No. Then I like Eva, I, I would try to avoid it, like to keep from accidentally hitting it. I, so, I, I would think about it getting hit constantly. So this is the, the, the thing about you that you need to know. You don't view life as precious unless it's your own life. This is how far away you are. Not from religion, but just being spiritually connected. By the way, and I mean that whether or not there is a punishing God or not. But just looking at the preciousness of life. Your life matters immensely, and other people's lives don't matter at all. And that may be something that you want to explain to your shrink. Maybe a big part of your thing is that, like, the fact that you hurt Troy's feelings today, right? 
uh-huh. didn't mean anything to you. Or that you even lied in about the way that you said it. And he left here even the second... Did you notice his arms were folded? He walked out because he really felt like he was accused by something of you. Angrily so. And you haven't even thought to yourself, hey, that's a person with feelings. You're overly sensitive to your own feelings. You care about them very much. Hicks, his thing... No, I'm just going to do you very quickly. Okay. You're dead inside. (laughs) And... (laughs) That for that, I kind of feel like you be, should be forgiven. That's... I would no more judge you than I would judge the rain. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't care. The rain doesn't care whether it's bringing crops to life or destroying a village. It's it just, just doesn't know. It's just rain. Yeah. It has to fucking come down, you know? Just like, give me that fucking bu- gu- button. I, uh... I want to get paid. Not only would I not touch the button... There wouldn't be a simple amount of stress or wondering or caring about that button. It doesn't exist for me. It's not going to happen. No, I'm disappointed. That's not going to happen. Now, having said that, the difference between me and you guys is I know I could fucking go kill somebody for spite. You know what I mean? Like, if there was something I felt was a fucking thing, I would take it upon myself. But money would never play into it. It's nice, though. Five grand for pushing a button. How about five grand for just pulling a trigger? It's the same thing. You're a hired killer. You're fucking no better than any killer that you've ever heard. And a killer for money. Yeah, that's fine. You're the... Now, would you rape for $5,000? No, I don't want to rape. What is it about rape that's so hideous to you? Because what if you... All right, uh, assuming all these things I don't get fucking caught for, so I don't do time. I would rather... Once I kill someone, it's done. I don't have to deal with them, but the rape victim, uh, they're going to be fucking crying and screaming as I'm raping them. No, I don't want to do that. Very, very strange. Um, let's go over to Steve. Steve, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, Fezzy, I had a question for you. How about instead of when you push the button, someone dies, what if when you push the button, maybe someone dies? Maybe, maybe not. You don't know. How much would you push the button for then? Um, then I, it would probably go down to like $10,000. So you're willing to take the chance, 50-50 chance, and feel pretty safe about it. Now, how, if it was a 50-50 chance that Fez would die? No, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that at all. I would, try to, I would try to keep people away from the button. You, again, put this infinite value on your existence and only $10,000 on somebody else's existence. They drop off. This could be a baby that fucking dies in its mother's arms. Yeah. It could be a father that dies while he's dr- driving a team of uh, baseball players to an away game. We don't know what it is. They're just gone. They're dead. But your point is you can't even think of any of those scenarios. How will this affect someone else? You only think of how your $10,000 will affect you. And I honestly believe that's why you're haunted. And Hicks, that's why you're dead inside. Need the cash, though. And that's why, Fez, you the other day are angry that somebody is not a grave robber. And I'm saying the only fucking freedom that you'll have 
when somebody wants to put that over you is fuck you and your money. Fuck you and your money. That's the only thing that you have. And that's the only response to the button game. Fuck you and your game. See, I think that there's a thing that when you're enough of a follower, that when someone lays out the rules for you, you immediately believe that the game has to be played. That someone else can tell you, you're playing this game. I'm not. I'm not fucking playing the button game with you. (laughs) It's kind of cool. You're not curious at all? Not even slightly. All right. Not even slightly. But by the same token, I would not want to pollute a fucking river. It's not my place, though. Is there a pollute a river button? Let's play that. Let's suppose that there's a button here, and it'll be a place that you never visit. Yeah. Uh, and we're not using losing any uh, people here, okay? Yeah. Uh, but 200 square acres of pristine nature is destroyed. Could be in the Rockies, could be in the rainforest, could be in the Himalayas, could be a beautiful beach in Singapore. We don't know. Yeah. How much money? Twenty thousand dollars. A hundred thousand dollars. Um Hicks, by the way, you also put nature above Human life. Human life. Yes. You really hate humans. Now you could honestly destroy a beach, Fez, for twenty thousand dollars? I said a hundred thousand. So. Oh, excuse me. I made a huge fucking mistake there. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, because I wouldn't even expect that out of a fucking polluter. I would expect <laughs> that some sleazy third world polluter would be making more money than that. This is how little regard that you have for the planet Earth. Well, you said nobody's getting hurt from this, so I'm not like... I just told you 200 fucking acres, square acres of pristine beauty is being destroyed. Yeah. How about this? Okay. Button, a work of art, is destroyed. You don't know which one. So it could be like the Mona Lisa or whatever. Yeah, it could be anything. All right. It's just uh, it's a it's a work of art that is honored. I'll just say that. Okay. How much money? There's a lot less honored work of art than anything else. All these things we talked about. I'll give. I'll do it for. A. Hicks, you have the thought process of a madman. Why? Yours just goes back and forth. Human life... Is at the bottom. Is at the bottom of everything. And then animal life is next. And then works of art. If I said a fucking thing of Wonder Bread, it would probably go above (laughs) human life. Um, What gives you the right... To destroy a work of art. What gives you a right to destroy a pristine beach? Where do you guys get off feeling that your needs or desires are above these things? Put the button in front of me and put that in front. I'll do it. I'll tell, hit the forty fucking thousand dollar button. It's I not a forty thousand dollar. It's not a forty thousand dollar button. It's a destroy a beautiful nature button. It's Gone. a destroy a work of art button. Gone. It's to take a human being's life button. Dead. It's to kill uh, a fucking near extinct animal button. <laughs> and all these things you leap into. The button is hard to resist. 
Especially when there's cash on the line. <laughs> it's unbelievable the, the, the small amount of value that you guys have for life and beauty. Yeah. I just thought of something. Okay. Doing this show and coming here every day is the worst possible <laughs> thing for me. And if there is an eternal soul... I can't imagine any more suffering that my soul would go through than spending time with you two fucking Cossacks. Cossack. I kill a Cossack. Would you rather be grand. rather be called a vandal? Because you are that as well sometimes. You could be a hun. It doesn't fucking matter to me. Whatever I mean, the, the fucking marauding, awful people the are. The guy at the Star Gladiator. Yeah. Um, insane. Uh, let's move over to Jason. Jason, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? I, I think I understand why Detroit is in trouble. Just looking at these two capitalists. So I want to find out what it might cost to kill one of the endangered Brazilian rainforest people, and then would you watch it on the news to see how it happened? I just don't understand how you guys don't have any sense of awe being in this existence or put any value on beauty whatsoever. There's zero. No, it's valued $40,000. Uh, that's the saddest thing that you've ever said to me. And you've said... Some sad fucking things. Yeah. There's a laundry list. <sighs> Terrible. Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. I bet, uh, I bet Pepper would do it for a month's rent and one pack of cigarettes. But the reason I'm calling is, uh, Fezzy needs a frame of reference. Tell him deer will be hurt. Yeah, I, we now know that his deer thing is bullshit. Because the, he does place no value on this. I'm going to ask you guys this. Okay. Be honest about it. We'll, we'll do. You hit that button. Yeah. And you take time off of my life. We don't know whether it's I die now mm. or I die five years before I was supposed to die, whatever it is. How much you push that button for? No, no, I wouldn't push the button. No, I would. I, again, I would get it as far away from the button as possible. Why? Because I don't want anything to happen to you. I love you. But why can't you take that same amount of love and put it towards people that you haven't met yet? Or pieces of nature? Or art? What, what, what is this tiny fucking focus of love that you have? Oh, it just makes it easier since I don't know those people and those animals I won't interact with and beaches or whatever right, the places let's do this. I won't interact with. Same thing. Yeah. You have to go to the beach first okay. and see the beach that you're going to be destroying. How would that change you? <sighs> that would make it too personal for me. I wouldn't want to do it. How I'd do you do see it. that I'd these things it. are impersonal? They're not impersonal. You're just not seeing it. You're not thinking about it. This is why when wars come up, and I remember when this was happening when we were going to attack Iran... And there was people around the world 
that were like, yeah, let's get them. But you didn't see that in New York City because we had just been attacked. And people knew what it's like to see collateral damage. People knew what it's like to see frightened children or kids that have lost their parents. Yeah. So you need to, if you want to get to understand this life a little more, take it a little more personal. You both got, you both see yourselves as outside of existence. You're fucking... I, I can't think of a better thing of insanity than the what you guys are talking about I'm right now. I'm dead sane. No, you've got the killer instincts of a hired assassin. Just the fact that it doesn't bother you at all doesn't make you sane. Oh, I got those two mixed up. How much was Fez for killing a person? Three million. Yeah. Do you think you could have killed Kennedy for three million? Oh, shit. Could you have killed Martin Luther King for three million? No, no, because that's a different thing. Then I would know what, what I had done. So your thing is, as long as you're ignorant, you're safe from it. Yeah, I would know that with the with the button and somebody dies somewhere and I never know about it. What if you just heard like the next day, like like you hit the button and you hear the Phyllis Diller had died. That wouldn't fucking follow you around. Because you're gonna hear the you know people celebrity people die with the button. You could probably kill a celebrity. It's gonna happen eventually. Hit that button enough. Hmm. Terrible. Uh, Ryan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie Beer, what up? Yeah. Hey, uh, Hicks has an excuse. He's dead inside, plus he's a centaur. But yeah, Fez, I mean, he's, he's so selfish. I'll never feel sorry for him again. Well, that's his thing. Uh, John, John, you're on the Run of Fez show. I think the point you're missing, Ronnie, is you don't love someone you don't know. Of course so, you do. No, you don't, you do. because if, okay, as an example, if you said that button's going to kill, I don't know, a baby, well, chances are no one in that place would do it because it's a baby, it's innocent, but how do you know who you're killing? You could be killing some fucking rapist that gets to run around in the street. You could <laughs> That's be still not your person. fucking place. Yeah, it is our place. Because no, it you isn't. Don't love somebody you don't know, Ronnie. If no, I don't uh, somebody, uh, I are you them. saying that there's no, there's no sense... In loving humanity, that there's no, no chance that you can love art. That That is fucking crazy, and it's one of the reasons that we have the problems now. Let me just ask you this. You wouldn't sacrifice your life to save the world? I would. Save the planet Earth, sure. I would do that. Would you know. sacrifice your, lo- your life to save America? Yes, I would. Yeah, America, yeah. Would you sacrifice your love to sa- your life to save South Korea? No. Yes, because, yeah, I, I do South Korea. They don't seem too bad. They're the non-communist part. Would you sacrifice your life to save a woman who was drowning? Yes, I would. I would try to swim out there and get her. I can't swim, so I can't do that. Would you even stop and maybe throw a rope? 
By the way, how can a grown man brag about not being able to swim? I'm not bragging. I'm saying that I wouldn't be able. I wouldn't help be able to help LeBron anyway. What are you going to do if a flood hits here? I'm fine. You live on an island and you can't swim. <laughs> hey, I'm on the fourth floor, so hopefully it won't be too crazy this flood. Crazy fuckers. Um, insane. We're gonna break uh, tomorrow. I hope we get in a lot of this with Fez's weird show. Oh, uh, Otto from Otto and George is our very next unmasked. Uh, next Thursday, 4 o'clock here at Sirius. you got to be able to arrive at Sirius Studios by 3.30. I think this is going to be one of the funnest unmasked we've ever done. I think it's going to be one of the more interesting ones, too. It's going to be awesome. If you, um, if your chick died, right? Jesus, yeah. And you found out was somebody hit a button for $5,000. Yeah. You I, go looking for that person? Yeah, I go looking for that person. Because that person would deserve to die. Yes. So you're that person. Yeah. You deserve I, to die. I'd expect, I would expect people to come looking for me. If this button thing got out, I would try oh, to keep it. Oh, it's getting out. Oh, I'm fucking telling that. anyone. I'm fucking calling Brian Williams and saying, I know there's why there's a rash of strange deaths. It's not some fucking bird flu. It's Chris Stanley. Don't you notice that he's been driving around town in a Rolls Royce with a monocle and a top hat? He doesn't have that kind of fucking cash. Son of a bitch. I didn't think of fucking media coverage. Uh, we do get a break. We will be back with... I'm going to say less, not more. More. Because I'm disgusted doing this show. No, don't be. And now I'm starting to wonder where the craziness that you guys are going to be in here tomorrow when I'm not here, starting fires. You know what your format is yet, Fez? No, I, I didn't you've realize have, I was coming in. You've got to have a format ready to go. Why, are you going to help us move the piano? Well, if you, if you need some help, you said it's an 11-story walk-up. I don't know if I can have you on one of a, a piano with you three stents. Five. I got a healthy heart. I mean, are there smoke breaks? Yeah, five. Yeah. I'll yeah. come help. I don't think... Uh, you can smoke while you're doing it. All right, cool. He Perfect. has the last smoking building. Oh, damn. Brooklyn. Maybe. Are there any vacancies in there? Or? Damn, of course. You got to climb up the fucking rope to get to the place, so... <laughs> you know, fucking living like Halloween Jack. Right back in Serena Fest show.
Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Lots of stuff we have to to discuss today. Uh, You know how we always get into the bully stuff? Japan is a bigger bully nation than we are. Wow. Go over some of those numbers, Hicks, and you're going to be surprised. All right, 57%. A percent have uh, who's those asked being bullied with women more frequently victimized. It's sixty point five percent to men's fifty four percent. Holy shit! Even more women get bullied over there, or I guess train groped. There's actually even a Japanese name for it, for train groping. That's fucking weird. Um, but bullying is not an American thing. I think it's a, I would imagine it's some sort of, if you're getting bullied over there and you're taking it, you, you don't it. You don't mention it to anybody. Maybe it's some sort of honor thing. Well, I don't, you know, I know that we put our own prejudice on what their personalities are like, and we believe that they, they're a bunch of samurais and whatever the fuck. I don't know that to be true. I don't know enough about the culture. Um... I know they fucked with each other that much. Terry in Sacramento, you're on a fez. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Uh, Sacramento Kings breaking. Uh, Sacramento Kings moving to Virginia Beach, Virginia. Really? Um, now, where did you hear this at? Uh, ABC affiliate out here. And it's a done ABC deal. ABC ten. What's that? It's a done deal. Uh, it's, it's, I, it, they're supposed to announce it on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm not hearing that anywhere. Now, I, I don't think, uh, Virginia Beach is all that populated for it. You and me both. I mean, there's places that... The Virginia Beach Kings? The Virginia Kings? Yeah, they're they're in talks, is what I, I, this is what I'm reading right now. There's no way Don Geronimo is going to allow that to take place. Although... Or could he be behind it all? Could that have been his, about his move out to Sacramento to get a majority of the Kings and then take them back to Virginia? We'll have to wait until the announcement's made. Hey, Fez, what does cum taste like? I just don't know yet. Okay. Mm. Uh, here's Liz, uh, Hicks's buddy in Chicago. Hey, Liz. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. I just, um... I've been studying, like, Japanese culture and society for a long time. I'm actually a Japanese language hentai. reader. Yes, we know from the fucking hentai and anime that you're into. rape is there's more in Japan know, than that. I didn't know if you guys remembered that it was me. Yeah, I'm we're going to forget a girl saying that she's in the cartoon rape. That's going to yeah. happen. But, um, yeah, like, uh, bullying and groping is a huge problem. It's part of their culture um, not to report it, usually, or if they do report it, it's very anonymous. Um, girls... Oh like burn other girls with cigarettes at school. Uh, um, one of the worst cases I ever heard of is this boy didn't hit the, um, the badminton birdie right, and these boys um, shoved a pole into his bottom, and um, he actually had a, a, a colostomy bag from the time of being like 13 on. A teacher saw it and didn't report it. Well, that'll teach him, you know, to that'll stay on them, it. You know, get better at sports. Yeah, it's but, the only way to do it. Yeah. I mean, they just have a culture that wants to push everybody as hard as they can and uh, the, the suicide rate with young children is very high because of it. They actually have uh, women only subway cars 
so the women during rush hour can feel safer um, from the groping. Yeah, the the train groping. Um, <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Yeah, it's just strange. I right, thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, sure. Um, and it's an attitude of just put the women on their own train. It's not. We're not going to be able to do anything about this groping. Look at us with an airplane last night. Uh, going into, um, I guess, Newark, Jersey, woman sleeping, man next to her, starts feeling her up while she's sleeping, hand down her pants. That's, how, you can't control yourself, dude, she's, that's We gotta move the men away from the people that they could hurt. No, it's Um, just this one fucking creep. Uzi Poo. Came up with this surefire way to get Fez not to hit that button. You know what it is, Fez? No, what's that? He says, put it on the instant replay. And that way you're sure not to touch it. Uzi Poo doing callbacks. Nailed it. And just sniped the sniper. The sniper should not get sniped. There must have been some glare off that fucking scope. What was that fucking movie where there were two snipers? Oh, uh, I think it was in like Russia. Yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking about. And they were and actually, Gates? yeah, and they were actually looking at each other through it's their awesome. thing. Um, Drew, you're on the Run Fest show. Drew, hey, buddies, love yeah. Hey, um, I wanted to comment on that. Uh, Sacramento Kings moving to Virginia Beach. Now they're proposing to build us a new arena here, um, but you know I've lived here a long time. We've got a, like a half a million people in Virginia Beach, uh, probably 1.5 in the area, and we've tried bringing other sports here, uh, hockey, NASCAR, and then just nothing works here. We've got two transient uh, population with the huge military. Yeah, I mean, there it is kind of a transit thing, and don't you think like even Richmond or somewhere in the Washington suburbs would be a better idea than to attempt to... You know, take it down there, like to put something up uh, somewhere in the Virginia, in the DC suburbs, and then call it the Virginia Kings or whatever they're going to call it. Right, but even but even Richmond, you know, Richmond's got the, um, you know, they've got the corporate sponsorship there, which is something that we don't have here to like fill the suites and whatnot, uh, the luxury boxes. Uh, Richmond would probably work a lot better, even though they've got a smaller population than we do. Um, I just think that if you moved it. To you know, anywhere around uh, Alexandria or anything like that would be a much better idea. Yeah, because but they're all competing t- with the uh, with the Wizards up there. No, you're not competing with the Wizards because no one shows up for that. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I, I got news for you. Those people in that area like football. Period. I don't know. You could have a, a trillion of them, and they're going to be sitting there talking about football and going to football games. They love their skins. Great. RG3. They love their RG3. It's the future. Didn't look too good in that last game, though. Uh, a friend of mine who was a Redskins fan was trying to say to me, you look at this, and he could end up winning 14 or 15 rings. I mean, he's young enough right now. <laughs> who? Are they on base? Like, who, who fucking come to that conclusion? Um, all right, Hicks, there is a piece up that is going viral that I believe is nothing but... Uh, a work, and that's the comedian attacked on stage. Have you seen this yet? I haven't seen this yet. It's up on the iBang. 
and it um, annoys the shit out of me. All right. Here it is. You know, she, she gave me a hard time about this slug worker, and um, she doesn't like to give me oral sex. And um, it's become an issue in our marriage. And just do anything to get out of giving oral sex. And she comes up with all these crazy excuses. Like last night, she said, uh, I'm sorry, but I have a nut allergy. I'm like, oh, thanks. Allergic to nuts. And uh, I said, that's fine, honey. Let me tell you what I'm allergic to. Monogamy. <laughs> now, A, is there such a thing as a comedian this unfunny? And B, look at the shitty curtain. It's Laugh House. Yeah, it's the old Laugh House. <laughs> now, you have to move it along when he starts to annoy people. What the fuck you do? Shut my seminar! What's your name? George, are you having fun time? He was. Well, thanks for busting my book, George. You look like my brother. What you do for a living, George? Besides busting my balls. You're a bank teller. You know what kind of job that is? That's a loser job. That's my seminar. Let me tell you something, George. My father told me long, long time ago. Well, I was just tiny, tiny dumb fuck. He say dumb fuck. There are two types of people in this world: winners like me and losers like you. That comes my seminar. <laughs> oh, you're so pretty. What's your name? Rachel. Are you with George? Oh, you should not be with him. You should be with me. I love you a long time. Comes my seminar. Man, you're so pretty. Oh, me so horny, me so horny. Oh, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Get him up, get him up. Somebody get him. Somebody get him. Oh, shit. Come on, guys. Okay. That, Couldn't be faker, right? The fucking... The guy with the camera really didn't sell that well at he all. He didn't sell it. He also, the, entire thing, actually. The, the girlfriend, the I am the Asian confused girlfriend... Didn't work for me at all. See her acting face instead of real. And then watch the punch. Now, apparently this comedian is real, though. Look how shitty the punch is. Yeah, did he even hit, take, hit the face? Like It looked like he just hit no. his shoulder. It's a wrestling punch at best. And everyone who's jumping up looks more or less like actors. Look how there is no even back... It was a, it was a forearm. He gave yeah. him a forearm. It wasn't even a punch. The other thing is, it's a daytime fucking show, and the you can see through the curtain. <laughs> and yet this is making its way around the internet on some big sites. I think this is completely real. Of course you do. I mean, the guy, yeah, the punch has trouble, but that's because he's trying to get to him. He's trying to get up on that riser. Then why did the guy go down like a fucking... A stack of dimes. Because the guy's running into him as he's trying to get him on stage. What about the Cameron? Come on, guys. Come on. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, no. And everyone's jumping up with their... So look at the wrestling fall he takes. And look how you can see through the curtain. A curtain normally is to be because there's a wall behind you. Not another fucking room. But the comedian is real. <laughs> and has got to be the worst fucking performer in America. I don't know. That Asian material was fucking great. And also notice that there's a TV on in the side. Look at that. Oh, it's game on. <laughs> it's a big game. Well, I think a shitty game. comedian's going to be in a shitty room. Not only shitty, Teal? 
Well, I wasn't laughing at any of his stuff, and then he went into the whole Asian thing, and the guy finally got pissed off. That was the strong stuff, though. I Asians. think the girlfriend's more pissed at the boyfriend that he didn't shut him up sooner. Let's do a, what is this, the laugh stop? This is the laugh house. The laugh house. Let's do a laugh house thing here. Who's our intern today? Kokomo Joe. All right, bring Kokomo Joe in. Coke, come in here. And we're going to play Make Me Laugh, and... Kokomo Joe is going to work to us, and Fez is going to work to us. Now, Fez is hosting the show by himself tomorrow. Fez Watley's Wild World of Weirdness. What do you have planned? I didn't have anything planned. I wasn't uh, That's planning same, on doing a show. Same thing that you said last time. Remember what we were talking about, about moving things along? All right, Kokomo, do you have any new material? Um, Not really. I have a saying that I made up. That's not really great. But uh, All right. Now, Fed, you're going to do something. By the way, none of your insult jokes, none of your sniper jokes. You got to do something that stands on its own, okay? As if it's just comedy. You can't make fun of his stupid hat or something like that. You got to do a piece of material for us. Okay. All right. So let's have your joke first. Uh, it goes: North Korea is like South Korea, but with no soul. All right, that's really good. <laughs> your turn, Fez. All right, uh, and make it a North Korean joke if you can. Oh. No, you can do whatever you want. I'm only kidding. Okay. Well, the North Korean leader, Kim Jong-un, is making his first trip out of the country, and he's picked Iran, because that's a nice touristy spot. When you finally get out of, the, out of North Korea, that's the first place you want to see, Iran. Do a punchline with it. And have a punchline. Oh, okay. Um, another piece of your material. Okay, uh... How many uh, guitarists does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? Uh, f 15. One screwed in and 14 to rock out. Wow, wow. Busy. Uh, the GOP convention is coming up, and they're worried about a hurricane there. Uh, the thing was going to blow anyway. Mm. I like the edginess. Go ahead. Uh, I bought a vacuum the other day. It really sucks. Buzz. Uh, the Sacramento Kings are moving to Virginia Beach. You're like the, a late-night host. You pull stuff right from the headlines. Yeah. Uh, that works because uh, where they try, where the home of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, people trying to get rid of kings, now they're trying to get them back. Oh, that's really good. Right. They lived on Virginia Beach. Oh, did they? No, I think they were more inland. Okay. His <laughs> birthday plays a lot of presidents. Hey, that's not the joke. Uh, how many drones does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? Uh, 12. How come so many? What, one screwed in and 12 to rock out. <laughs> do, 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 do. What do you got, Fizz? I think that's the same joke that he did. <laughs> no, I, I told you drum. you can't be commenting on each other. <laughs> you gotta do it. You know, you're in a bubble right now. Okay. It's the laugh stop. House. It's the laugh stop house. Uh, let me think here. Phyllis Diller passed away this past week. Oh, no. Uh, the wig died years earlier. Mm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Guess you wore a wig then. All right. Uh, how, how many bases does it take to screw a light bulb? I would imagine one. Uh, it's more. It's actually <laughs> eight. Yeah. One yeah. screwed in and seven go. Rock out. Do, 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 boom, boom, boom. That doesn't even sound like a base. Uh, it's, it's out of tune. Um, go ahead. Buzz. Prince Harry's been called back to England because of those uh, nude Vegas pictures. 
Uh, the queen wants to talk to him. And apparently see how she can get copies. Oh, His man. grandmother? Yeah. Nasty. Yeah, it's fucking disgusting. <laughs> yeah, you hear Prince Harry got into a fight, and they yeah they really started wailing on him. Wailing on him. Wail. What do you got, Fez? Uh, Joe Biden's been... Uh, <laughs> Why are you always doing about these public figures? Because I'm hoping that by the time I'm done mentioning a news story, a punchline <laughs> will come to me. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, Joe Biden's been making some gaffes in the news. Uh, Joe Biden has uh, <laughs> been making some gaffes today. It's very Carson. I like it. Do you hear about this? Do you hear about this? Sorry. Big thing in the paper today, Paul, about Joe Biden. <laughs> Did you see this? No, I didn't. <laughs> the National Zoo in Washington was hoping he would come by and help them make some giraffes. I don't get it. I mean, me neither. It's, it's like giraffes. Like, what do you mean I'm not a bear? I got all the qualifications. Buzz. Uh, let's see. Uh, football season is coming up. You know that Paul football <laughs> season? Uh, what's that? What's the NFL. Uh, the old pigskin. Ron Jaworski won't be part of Monday Night Football this year. I didn't even know that. So, uh, that should be up on the eye bank. Yeah, it, it, they had to get him out of there with the jaws of life. Well, how, who's who's replacing him? It's just going to be Gruden and uh, Mike Tirico. Whoa. I like a two-man team better. I love Gruden. That's all I got to say. That guy's the man. You wouldn't rather see him coaching, though? I, I, that'd be cool, but at least just, he's... He seems like wasted potential to me. <laughs> I do like him talking, though. And that QB camp is awesome. Yeah, everyone likes that. Let's take a look at this, huh, man? <laughs> what are you thinking about, man? He, he kind of like fu he fucks with them too. Look at this guy. <laughs> yeah, and then he constantly shows them fucking uh, tape, but just points out fans in the audience. Like, you friends with that guy? If you know that guy, right? Like, what? No, he doesn't know everyone who goes to the fucking games. Gruden, you're fucking out of your mind. Then he makes him play. Go ahead, Fez. It's not my turn. We're not going in turns. Oh, this is no speed round. Um. The Occupy Wall Street movement has really, really tampered down. Tampered? Yeah, it's it's they're you just mean tampered. Not, tampered down. That's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, now it's basically uh, just. A, Are you going a off the Drudge Report? <laughs> the <Drudge> Report? <laughs> I'm just looking for some things he, in the news. He just clicked in Drudge Report. <laughs> All right. Al, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ron. How are you doing today? Good. Hey, I was just wondering, wasn't Fez supposed to bring in his uh, recipe for destruction uh, and sample it? In the oh, yeah, we forgot all about that. Uh, yeah. Fez, did you bring it in? Yes, we have the recipe well, for disaster. What, what are we waiting for? Go. You were going to eat a plate of it? Yeah, yeah, two plates. Do you honestly think you can? Uh, yeah, I think I can eat two plates. We're gonna Is it hot? We're nuking it up. We're nuking up a nice plate for him right now. All right. <laughs> Did you see it? Did it look edible? I saw it uh, yesterday. Didn't see it. Well, there was a covering over the top of it to keep mm -hmm. it, I guess, fresh. 
Was he bringing down the whole thing? But we have the whole thing, and we're, we're pouring out a plate as well. Well, why don't you go over and set up a table for yourself, Fez? And, okay. You know, take one of your things there so you can set it all up nice. Make it like a l- little radio thing. All right, Fez is going to eat his own recipe from disaster. That's up on the iBang yeah. for the people who want to see exactly what he's going to be eating. He hasn't explained it to us, but... I'm sure he will tell us everything that's in there. Uh, I love the um, the hot ass Russian uh, roadblock that's cool. up there, and the moron ball. The morons ball players have to put up with is a great piece of just a heckler that gets confronted. Just a jerk off heckler. Um, I hate those kind of guys. This guy's a giant asshole. A uh, flex fan. I didn't need good. John, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, I want to ask Fezzy, what was the uh, punchline to the Joe Biden joke? Well, he said that he has so many uh, gaffes that he wanted to go open up a giraffe place at the National Zoo. That was the big joke there. Um, the Otto and George tickets going extremely fast. They are up on the iBang today. Uh, Otto and George is the next unmasked. Well, Otto at least. Yeah. I don't know if I really can get too deeply into what's going on in George's world. <laughs> Seems he's, difficult. He's wood. He's a wooden puppet. I don't know if they're still wooden, are they? I guess plastic it would be the fucking... I know... Uh, so, three, plastic is the new wood, I like to say. <laughs> uh, well, I got, some guys 3D print their puppets out now. That's like some fucking next level yes, shit. Yes, I understand how much you love 3D print. I, I won't bring it up anymore. <laughs> You're crazy about 3D print. Um, Gruden, back in the news, you're a fucking hero <laughs> because something that was said about him by the person who broke Fez's heart. Yeah, Mr. Warren, Warren Sapp's new book. He was talking about coaches' uh, speeches that... It's usually never liked it in the movies. It was a crazy inspirational speech. But he said the greatest speech he ever did here was from John Gruden, where, all right, this is what Gruden says. I want Brian Mitchell's ass on a plate. And once we finish with the Philadelphia Eagles, we're going to go to San Diego for the Super Bowl. He paused, grinned, and concluded, where the coach is going to get two hotel rooms for all my bitches. I said to Gruden, yes, you are one sick fuck. Let's go get this done. That's the best fucking speech Warren Sapp's ever heard from the man himself. You got a problem with Warren Sapp saying that? Should he kept it quiet or? I mean, I think it makes me like fucking Gruden more just because he's a crazy asshole. But he shouldn't have fucking let that shit out. Do you think Gruden has a lot of side pussy or that's just something that yell out like I'm a badass? Because he doesn't seem like side pussy to me. (laughs) Now I know he could get it. I know women like him. Definitely. But. Does he even do it? I've never heard that he was a womanizer. I've never heard that, but, I mean, he's a good-looking, at that point, good-looking NFL coach traveling the country. Uh, it's, It's in the realm of possibility, so Warren Sapp should not have opened his mouth about it. Why can't you tell the truth, though? It's not the truth that needs to be told about John. Why, why tell a truth that can't, that isn't being confirmed that could upset John Gruden's wife and family? There, I would, there's no point in telling that. Well, the point is to sell books. Uh, you are the same guys that were going to kill people for yeah. money. 
obviously this guy needs money, and he lives in a world like you, where nothing you do matters other than, other than money. He doesn't give a shit about John Gruden's wife and kids. He doesn't care at all. By the way, that's John Gruden's job, to care about his wife and kids. Not this fucking guy. That won't even sign a football for an openly gay... Bucks fan. Yeah. All right, so put the whole casserole over there next to him, too. Uh, Hicks is shooting some of this so it can go up on the eye bang of Fez eating his own stuff. Now, before you get into that, Fez, explain to us uh, what you are doing and why you are doing it this is my recipe for disaster it, what it is it's what i took canned goods that have expiration dates that are basically indefinite and my idea behind it was if something happens to mankind and we're living in a post-apocalyptic world we will have all these canned goods that the food in them will still be good you know as long as the cans still exist so what I did was I put together a recipe featuring several of these items. Fez, why don't you tell us what you're going to be eating? That's what we're trying to find out. This is a casserole combination. The meat in it is Spam, uh, Hormel chick canned chicken chunks, Vienna sausage, all mashed together in a layer. And then that's topped with layers of Dinty Moore beef stew, corned beef hash, Barbecue baked beans. You wanted to get that all down on this is the way that you would want to be doing it. So do it from the top and make sure that you're covering it. So this is a casserole consisting of canned products that don't expire in the can. Spam, Vienna sausages, uh, Hormel canned chicken chunks. Then you have layers of Dinty Moore beef stew, corned beef hash, barbecue beans, and SpaghettiOs. The whole thing is surrounded by a ring of Twinkies, sponge cake that'll soak up a lot of the canned grease, and then it's all topped with maraschino cherries. And how did you cook it? And what we did basically with this, since all the ingredients come pre-cooked, this was just heated up in a microwave. All you had to do was heat it and not cook it. So that's, that's what I have here is a big plate of my casserole with all those ingredients. And let me dig in. All right. It's interesting because some of the flavors are a little bit more dominant than the other ones. And I'm shocked that the SpaghettiOs are so strong in this as opposed to like the Spam or even the beef stew. So, and as you can see, the Twinkies have soaked up an awful lot of the grease there. Just did a bite with a maraschino cherry. Probably a mistake to have uh, used that as a garnish. But in the post-apocalyptic world, you're just not going to have a lot of options there. 
there's not going to be fresh parsley around or lemons to slice or anything. So you have to use what's going to last. You get a piece of the Twinkie. As you can see, the Twinkie is all sopped up. And <clears throat> the cream filling has really melted. It's a lot more liquid than it usually is, where it usually stays a little bit more consistent and creamy as opposed to this runny. That is an interesting new flavor. Twinkie that has soaked up Vienna sausage. So this is my recipe for disaster. As you can see, all the layers in there, all canned goodness. And people will be surviving on this in the future. All right, so Fez is eating away at this. Uh, I can tell you that the room stinks. It from smells it. really bad. The room does smell bad. I gagged. And it's I was, not just Fez's gas problem. I was close to that plate. I, I gagged. Matt, you're on the run of Fez show. What are the uh, projective sodium levels per serving on this dish? I can't imagine it's... You're going to have really high sodium levels just because that's in the preservatives. That That is just a part of the canning process. People aren't going to be able to avoid high sodium foods in the future. Now, I didn't think Fez would be able to eat this. He's eating it at a really quick pace. He's showing it up and mm. able to hold a conversation with, I can't. I don't know. Those that those doesn't look good. No, and I think this is one of the benefits of having a mom that can't cook, <laughs> is that the future will not be that desolate for you. This is basically what she did cook. Um, Joe, you're on. You did a lot of canned foods and this kind of food. Uh, Joe, you're on Run Fez. Hey, Ryan. Uh, I was just wondering to see if you were taking any bets to see how long it take for Fez threw up. If he gets you the first plate or the second plate. I am telling you right now, he looks very, very comfortable. Now, because you're a diabetic, do we have to worry about any of the sodium levels or any of that kind of thing, Fez? The, Does this oh, concern you that it's that it affects your diabetes? No, I wouldn't worry about the diabetes. I mean, one Twinkie, you know, not the best thing for me to have, but it's, you know, it's a Twinkie as part of a casserole. The sodium will give me a spike in blood pressure, but I have pills for that, and I'm taking them, and I'm fine. Uh, Jeff in California, you're on Fez. I think what Fezzy forgot to say is that his purpose for doing this was a cheap, uh, a cheap uh, gross-out joke because he forgot how to be funny. Ouch! That just stung. I mean, he took his time to put all then this. Come up with your own recipe. Food together. He's actually eating it at a, a, a pretty good pace. I'll have Hicks shoot a little more as he's moving along. But, Fez, uh, before he shoots this, and I don't know who's editing for us, so um, just explain uh, the taste and that. What do you think? You've ate about a quarter of it now? Yeah, I think a third. Yeah. So just give us like about a 
20-second soundbite, and we'll do those every once in a while. Um, this recipe for disaster casserole. So many different things, uh, items in there. It's weird how some are more dominant than the others. You really taste the SpaghettiOs. All right, let's, let's stop that. Remember, this is going to be in video time, Fez, so there's no sense of saying something that you just said before. Just kind of catch people up with how you've been personally handling it. Um, it's a weird combination taste that I haven't uh, encountered before. What you kind of hope for is if texture-wise, that's a big problem. Because it really is a pasty mess. So you really hope for some of the beef stew potatoes and those beef chunks to latch onto just for a familiar taste because it is running together. All right. I don't know. You have to remember that this is your recipe. So you should probably be selling it as if it's good and not talk about the paste of it. Um, Jimmy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, boys? So yeah. Fez, you said the uh, maraschino cherry is not a good garnish, huh? The cherries were not a good garnish for you. That was a problem. Well, you know, the first one, it was just weird because you had this canned food taste, and all of a sudden, boom, there's a very sweet maraschino cherry. It's actually working out for the better. It's actually giving you a little bit of sweetness to the salt. Let him talk a little bit now. I I guess the maraschino cherries must be a standalone fruit. All right, see, now that's not what we're going to. Uh, Kyle, you're on the Run of Fest show. Yeah, hey, Ron. Uh, hey, Seth, I want to know why you thought you could eat this up with a microwave. I mean, if it's the end of the world, is there going to be microwaves available? I mean, when do you fire or something like along that line? Yeah, Rob Cross isn't going to let me light a fire in here. Too bad. That's Rob's loss. There's no way you're going to be able to eat two plates of this. You're struggling now. You started off really good, uh-huh. but uh, I don't think you've you've done a half plate. I'm close. I'll get through two plates of this. He's actually eating the the way my brother-in-law eats at Thanksgiving. Like, just really shoveling it in. (laughs) So, Hicks, you've got to start thinking video for this and for Fez's angle for it. You know, he can't be repeating what he's already said because this is all going to take place in about a minute and a half on video. But you've got it set up. I've been eating for 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. I'm 15 minutes into this. That type of, st- that type of stuff. Um, people are writing in about you being a heart attack victim, and this is the worst kind of food for you. But you don't have any concerns about this. No. No, I just got checked out by the cardiologist. Everything is, the stents are wide open. Everything's free-flowing. And yes, when you're a heart attack victim, not every food is completely off the table. All right, this is kind of fun, because now Fez is in the character of that thing, of the of his video <laughs> thing. Have you noticed the way his personality He's has totally now turned changed. into that guy who's explaining stuff to us? Man, the room stinks like it was fucking dog food. Um, Tampa Bay is bracing for a possible hurricane just as the Republicans get there. Now, I know for a fact that Tampa hasn't taken a full-on hurricane strike in many, many years 
Because there's there's some kind of there's an Indian spirit that guards it, Fuzz. I believe that's the yeah that's the legend behind it. What is the name of that? That everyone down there says it. Um, I can, I'm sorry, I can't think of what it is. You never said it when you were growing up. I've heard. We my mother-in-law says it every fucking time. Says we got nothing to worry about. We have the. Um. Rob, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, so I got a question for Fez. Go ahead. Just wondering, just wondering if the uh, Twinkie filling that's all creamy now and runny remind him of man jizz. Uh, well, as opposed to what other kind of jizz? Uh, Peter in Buffalo. Yeah, hey, hey Ronnie, you sound like a million calories. Oh, yeah, it's all in here. Are you planning on making time to visit Fez when he's in the hospital after this? No, I, Fez, I'm going to take him at his, at his word that this won't be bad for him, but I think I might even take him, uh, instead of a Sports Illustrated, one of those fantasy football magazines <laughs> so that he could win the Renegade League. We're 10 minutes into him eating this. So 10 minutes in, and... You know what? It's really, you know, it may not be a lot to look at. The canned foods, there are going to be a lot of browns and grays and weird shades of pink. But the flavor is still there. This is something that people in the future, once the fall of mankind happens, are going to be able to sustain themselves on. This will actually be a luxury. Uh, Fez has eaten... I'm going to say 70 to 75% of his food. It's pretty deep as well as big. I'm surprising a little amount of gagging or nauseous. No. Not like just overall sickness of eating something that's terrible. Fez's favorite food in the world is boiled ham <laughs> or a ham with the flavor boiled out and just left with the texture of a dead human. That's horrifying. Um, Dave, you're on the Run of Fest show. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, the pad data says uh, Fed eat, Fez eating diaster plate. Okay, well, you'll have to correct that on your own in your own mind. Um, Mark in Jersey. Mark, go ahead. Hey, fellas. Um, can Fessy next make a stew of um, dingleberries and semen? Because that sounds a lot less disgusting than what he's eating now. Uh, Mike, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, who's surprised that Fessy can eat this shit? Any man that will willingly take a load in his mouth should have no problem with this shit. I'm very surprised with the anti-gay talk that comes into stuff when Fez is just trying to do something fun for everyone and... Let's face it, follow through. Yeah, he's doing it. He made this, this is the kind of follow through I thought we all wanted. It just makes me realize gays won't be any more welcome in the future. Well, you can't really judge the future people by these people. They'll probably be dead. Hopefully. We'll all be dead. I know I'd rather be dead before I ate that. And by the way, when you think about it, Fez wouldn't be able to have this kind of feast. He would probably be rashing that a little bit at a time. But we've never really taken that in. Oh, if I ate two plates of this, I'd be run out of the village, you know, for like hoarding food or something. All right. Um, 
when we get into the second plate, let's make sure we shoot um, some photographs so we can get them up first of Fez just um, eating away. This has become um, somewhat of... And here's the other thing I want you to do, Hicks, and I'm not not saying you're doing an awful job. Yeah. I'd like to get some tracking shots. Okay. Get some shots above his head. Like you got a crane in here? Yeah, I mean, you've got to make this interesting a little bit. Um, you know, do that it's kind of a fight club thing where you're starting from his clogged artery, coming back through... Out of his mouth, and then show him eating the food. Gonna have to get some CGI work in this done. Maybe yeah. do we have a green screen around here. We got a green stain. If that helps. <laughs> oh, about to be the last bite. About to eat the last bite of his first plate. Go ahead and set that up, Fez. Crane so, shot. This is the last bite. Right. Let's take it from the top. Crane shot your way in for this. And scene. As you can see, this is the last bite of my first plateful of the recipe for disaster. And a lot of people horrified by what they saw here on this plate. This is the food we'll be living on. This is nothing that I haven't had in its individual components all throughout my entire life. Now it's all packed together in one convenient casserole. All right, that's excellent. Oh. You've got a catchphrase on this too, Fezzi. Have you noticed? No. It's as you can see. Oh. And I'm loving this. I even want to call it as you can see, Fez is eating the recipe for disaster. Oh. What kind of music are we going to be, you know, putting behind this too? Maybe like little Hans Zimmer or something. I mean, he does some very... Because I think we looking for. Did like, he do Blade Runner? No, that was Vangelis, right? That did Blade Runner. Yeah, that wasn't Hans. Yeah. No, wait. I'm not sure who did Blade Runner, but is that the kind of future music that we're looking for? Yeah, because we're not. Because this is about the apocalypse. Okay. Because I think that so it needs that kind of emotion. Want to go with apocalypse now? Then. Oh wow. Yeah, Which Vangelis? Vangelis did, did it. Um, I always liked that music. Bono, by the way, ripped it. He said in the future that's not going to be the kind of music. It would be like Roots music, blah, blah, blah. Mm. You can see as we're getting to that future how wrong Bono was. It's... Electronica is bigger and bigger. Uh, Fez, you need a break in between? Well, what I need is a drink. I hope there's some sort of water in the future. Well, just here's what you should have to do then. Mix your own hydrogen with oxygen and make the water yourself. We'll give you hydrogen... We'll give you oxygen. Do you know the recipe, right? It's, it's two hydrogens. Two hydrogens? Okay. For Wait. some reason, I thought it was two oxygens. Isn't it H2? What does the two go with? I thought it was H2. Not 2O. Because the two's small. You're right, yeah. The two would have to go behind it. Uh, Alan. Alan in Texas, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I'd rather eat soil and green. At least it's only made out of people. Wait. Soil and green is people? Soil and green is people! 
Let's hold them a bit. Uh, do we have time for a break here? Yeah, we can break here, yeah. Uh, why don't we do this? We break, come back, do the photo shoot, and in, then we're going to go into the video shoot. All right. All Sounds right? good. Um, so tell your crew that I want them to take, look at me, yeah. five. That's not six, Chris. Yeah. It's five. Five. You're the director? Mm-hmm. But I'm the producer, and I'm fucking starting to pull the reins in on this project. Oh, come on. Because I'm not spending this kind of money. Uh, we break. We're right back. It's Run a Fez. You got a phone. Oh, you're all alone. Man, you're stoned. show hicks i just got a very sad email from rustin oh the kid draft house yeah uh who really wants to be in our league and said is this going to be another year that his nose is pressed against the chain link fence oh no rustin (laughs) i prefer to think of it as pressed next to the bakery shop window but that's me I guess we could get rid of Zeitz for Rustin. Yeah, Rustin could easily fucking jump into fucking Zito's place. I'd definitely rather have Rustin than Hard Rock Johnny. 
And I kind of like that if we take uh, him over Johnny, that Johnny quit the other league for nothing, and now he says no wins. <laughs> That's great. I didn't even think of that. Right? So fuck you, Johnny. You went and you trusted us. Now you lose. Dick. I don't know if you needed to call him that. Dick. Uh, we've done the photo shoot on Fez, but the video should not be out until Monday. I can tell you, you're on plate two, Fez. Yeah, just started plate two. And you're really handling this? It doesn't bother you? You know, there was uh, some gassiness oh. during the break. Is that what I smell? Yeah, and there's a little throat burning, but I think that's just because you're not meant to eat maraschino cherries as part of a casserole. I think that's what the, the throat burning is from. I hope so. Oh, God. Um, Keith, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, buddies. Hey, I just kind of tuned in just a little bit ago, but it sounds like um, Fez is enjoying a, a delicious post-apocalyptic treat. I would suggest maybe playing some nice, soothing dinner music. Uh, maybe uh, Flirting with Disaster by Molly Hatchet. Not a bad idea there. Flirting with Disaster, Molly Hatchet. Maybe the perfect song here for Fez because, let's face it, it's the recipe with disaster. He was flirting with the ONA guys today. It all starts to come together. Now, this was the theme of one of my weddings. Uh, one of the ones that didn't work out. And that's sad. But I actually had the bride walk down. Pretty cool. Yeah. I tried to do the whole thing as Southern Rock. <laughs> and then finally, the second one I did is a straight boot scoot boogie. Um, third one, I. Star Wars characters. Who would we kick out of the league if we don't kick out Johnny for Rustin? Alright, let's take a look. Zito, I, I, I would say Zito is definitely a fucking possibility. Alright, let's look at our permanents. Permanents. Ron. HTG, Kathleen from the Bronx. Myself, I would like to think myself as permanent. Pips, Blowhard, Mikey Boy. And then there's the Black Girl Douglas, the Hard Rock Johnny, and the Mark Zito, which I feel are all floating. Because Black Girl Douglas was out for a while, but then Fez left and Black Girl was back in. All right, let's take Zito out and put Rust in there. Okay. Only because I think we all hate Zito. He's a dick. Okay. Uh, put him down in the Fez League where he's more comfortable. Okay. You're going to have a great league, Fez. You and your best friends are going to have the best time ever. You're my best friends. No. We're not. We wouldn't let you sit around and eat shit like this. Did you already videotape him as doing uh, Plate 2? Yeah, this will be the first uh, video, and it'll be of him. Oh, you should have started the plate with it. Now you don't. Now we've missed that shot. We have a good photo shoot of it. That, that doesn't fucking matter to people. The video is going to be apart from the second. Fez is actually digging more in now. All right, let's bring down the sound because I have to have some consistency. Sound has to be uh, at it later, uh, and. Fez, you got to explain that this is two. Starting plate number two of the recipe for disaster casserole did something a little differently here. This time, 
went with it chilled, where no heating up, no microwave, no letting any of the grease melt down. This is everything basically in its natural state outside the can. And I have to tell you, it congeals really, really well. All right, as we're ending the scene, don't jerk over to look and see if you did well. Keep the head Ooh. focused on the camera instead of looking over and doing the, did I do it, look. Other than that, I think the shoot itself is falling apart. <laughs> no, it's not falling apart. I'm thinking about um, adding a secondary character. Really? Friendly rat that lives with him <laughs> that he talks to in the future. What I also like, Fez, is that you're looking over the top of your glasses, which kind of reminds me of... Now, why would you go and change it as soon as I said it? Because that reminds me of that crazy future guy that you like. Who doesn't like that guy? It's almost like that guy that's always like, I'm running around. You know he's going to get killed at the end of the scene. But they introduce him. It seems like, oh, I'm getting to like him. And then, boom, here comes the bad guys to fucking waste him. Now, who do we got to... Who's got a friendly rat of any kind? We can go to a pet store, get a friendly rat. The old studio used to have mice, but this place, not so much. Do we go a little more hardcore in this and just have Fez jacking off to end it? Oh, my God. Like this food's good enough to jack off to? Or do you just fucking grab a knife and start to shave the sides of your heads with it? You're getting very quiet, Fez, because you feel like you're running out of time. Well, run out of time. I am starting to fill up. Uh. Should have no problem finishing off this second plate. But this is thick food. It's, you know, it's can't, it's... We're not videotaping now. It's baked it's beans. It's just, we're, we're regular. I know. We're regular people talking. It's all, it's all really... Get yourself out of video. Get out of, you. get yourself out of video talk. That's fine for the video. But I don't know why you got to stay in character. Like, even back in the trailer, he's acting like he's Abe Lincoln instead of a regular guy. I, will, I refuse to have anyone stay in character on one of my films. Matter of fact, I even want them to break character during the film. All right, see, that's the, I don't know how it's going to work, because I, you're not going to be able to work with a Daniel Day-Lewis. That motherfucker never gets out of character. This would be the opening thing if I was doing Abraham Lincoln with Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. His opening line was, Hi, I'm two-time Oscar winner Daniel Day-Lewis, and I'm now playing Abe Lincoln. This actress is playing my wife. She's going to act crazy. That might take people out of the film. And later, when I get killed... Don't worry. Someone else got killed years ago, but Daniel Day-Lewis is going to live forever. I don't, he's not going to live forever. Did, Dan, did Daniel Day-Lewis used to have a team with Dean Martin? No. That would have been fucking great. This is really... I'll tell you, there's not only... I mean, for me, this would have been a major thing for me to have... Two spoonfuls of this. The fact that he's eating two plates, phenomenal. He's housing it, all right? Let's and just say it straight up. He's housing this shit. Okay. Now that we're going to be honest, <laughs> he's taking it to the fucking house. I'm not fighting with you. I'm on your side. He's killing it. Now, uh, tomorrow, is this the first time you've ever done a solo show, Fez? Yeah, um, yeah, if we're doing the House of Weird, 
That would be the first time ever. Now, do you want Hicks here or not? Because I'm worried that he's going to do what he does every day and talk over you. All right, then I'm out. I don't want to. I don't want to. Right, I'll stay out of this then. I don't want to fuck anything up. I, I, I got an idea for a co-host for you. Who's that? Dana. Dana, not all that bright. Got another idea. You ready? Jennifer Hutt. House of Hutt, which is almost like saying House of House. Or maybe it's the Hut of Weird. So it's Fez's Hut of Weird. Or Weird Huts inside the gold mine. All of those sound nice, but I'd be very, very nervous to do a show on, on my own. Because It's not on your own if you're doing it with the Hut of Weird. But are you also worried she's going to be talking over them? She's a talkative one, and she Fez, likes... Fez, come up with the things that you want to talk about. Wrestling, Buccaneer football, heart attacks, gay rights. Presidents. Um, pleasing your mom. You could do a whole thing on how to please the woman that was mean to you when you were a kid. Presidential trivia. I'll give you one right now. Every president has had a blank. Dog. Aunt. Wife. Aunt. There was single presidents? One, yeah, there was one that was single. Fuck, almost got it. Every president has had a penis. Every single one of them. Should have thought of cock. Yeah. I fucked up. You should always be thinking of cock <laughs> if you're to going that. to be part of the House of Weird. Now, uh, Hicks, I know you like to forget about it, but we have pictures up of beautiful ladies. Ooh. And we call it the three o'clock snack. Sexy. Sexy, sexy. Today should be extra special. What? Um, double snack? Yeah, it's a double snack. And that's girls with girls. All right. Which has always been a weakness of mine. I like to see the ladies together. I like a party where the ladies start to friend up a little bit. Sure. Look at this. These women are dressed like beer stein wenches. I like that one. These girls are taking a shower. They seem awful young, also. I th I'm sure they're of age. I don't know. Actually, I'm positive. How are you so positive? Because I believe it. <laughs> oh, that girl's just buying a lip there. Isn't that nice? Chick on chick action right now on the eye bang. See, that one is a little bit weird because two blondes together. What are we doing? Let's bring in a brunette. Yin Yang here. All right, two Japanese girls together. That's almost too much lip. Oh, that's loving. This is a loving Which snack. one would you pick? And Pips, you seem to be the go-to guy. Oh, that's a fucking good one, isn't it? That's an exciting one. Yeah. That shit got photobombed. I... I like mm. that. Looks like a mom and her daughter. Yeah, I this could, is. I need some tongue here, people. Come yeah. on. Now I like this one, black and white. Interracial. Yeah, and it's like the black and white cookie that we love so much here in New York. Delicious. Now the um, the angle of having the shower would have worked for me, but I do worry that they're underage. So I'm not going to pick those. Give me Beerstein girls. You don't consider that kind of fake? 
It's very fake, but I like it anyway. Then I know a comedian getting attacked. <laughs> that you'd be crazy is... about, yeah. Are you choosing more for the beer or the girls? Oh, boy, I'm already in server juice trouble on mine. Um, Pips, I'm going to let you pick your favorite, because like I said, you've been red hot lately. Knowing the listeners to this show, I definitely think that the shower picture is going to win this one. Hmm. Young, wet girls. But too young. All right, right now, it's just trampling everything in its way. <laughs> uh, we're in the very early stages, but the uncomfortably young girls kissing each other in the showers has jumped up there to number one. Ugh. How much love is going on for our black and white cookie? Black and white cookie, it's getting some love there. It's at 7%. Where does that put them in the... Uh, that puts the, um, them like a distant third, but third nonetheless. Uh, Jeff, you're on the Run Face show. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, if uh, Jennifer comes in and does the show Fezzy, can they call it the Nut Hut? And then on top of that, Fezzy, are you... Are you aware of how much rat droppings are in those Denny Moore cans? There's always going to be some in any kind of food. Yeah, come on. That's part of life. You can't avo avoid that if you're eating factory-produced uh, food. You should see the fucking food that I was eating. It was called Little Rat Shits. Then I look at it, 100% rat shit. Oh. Nasty. I'm like, seriously, no one dropped any barley or wheat into this rat shit at all? It's straight up 100% uncut rat shit. Uh, we are putting up the Fez pictures momentarily. Um, Fez, don't speed past your director. You know what I mean? Like, you needed some other shots in there. Right, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Let's do one. So now, about... A third of the plate left of the second plate of the recipe for disaster. One thing I've noticed about this casserole is you'll find yourself picking. Like if you run out of maraschino cherries, someone's going to come and take those right off of the top of the casserole. So try to use those sparingly. And what I'm also doing here is saving a Twinkie for the very end. The Twinkie that was part of the lining of the casserole. That's going to make a nice dessert. When I'm all finished with plate number two. All right, anyway, you can throw some jokes into this, Fess. Anything at all for that, if we're going to be building ourselves as a comedy. Right now, we seem to be in an instructional, instructional video, and I'm worried that we're only going to um, play in schools. I'm terrified of that. In just a few moments, we'll have the Fez pictures up and then we'll have to wait at least till Monday. Now, tomorrow is the Nut Hut, Fez Watley's House of Weird. And Chris, you're not doing the show with him? I don't want to be accused of stepping over anyone. In that case, mister, you're going to be helping me move a piano over Rob Cross's house. Eleven floors up, huh? Don't you understand the wink? That's fucking code word for bong hits. So when you say, hear me say, we're going to be moving the piano... That's the piano of weed. All right. And the way that we're moving it, through our throats, through our lungs, back up again. To our brains. Yeah. I can't wait to move this piano. Just fucking all... Wake yeah. and move, dog. Yeah. Wake and piano move. That's how I do it. 
he also tells me he's got some new tentacle porn. So we'll be... <laughs> this will be the best day ever. I know. I just feel weird watching porn with other guys. Even cartoon tentacle porn. It's got to make it a little bit better since it's a cartoon. I know, but if one of you guys wants a jack, I'm going to actually go in the other room. Okay. That's fair Let's enough. Just yell at, but then you hear the fucking bongo and you're like, hey. Fuck, fuck. Oh, shit. Should I come or should I go fucking smoke some more? Do what I do. When you take a piss, take the bong with you. All right. As I masturbate and fucking take bong rips. You're fucking terrible. <laughs> oh, man. Fez making some noises over there, but just to himself. Getting a little refluxy. A lot of the grease that's packed in this sort of thing is like starting to come back up on me. He's oh, staying in character, God. even though we're not videotaping right now. Yeah, I'm gonna wait for that for that last bite with that Twinkie, and then I'm gonna fucking kill that shot. Now, when you're done eating, you probably should get up and start dancing, and that's when we'll add probably "Ready for Love" by Bad Company. <laughs> Cause I'm ready for love. Uh, moments away from getting the Fez pictures up. Unfortunately, we're getting slammed. Oh no! With the double snack, girl on girl action. At the same time as we're trying to get the Fez pictures up of him eating basically crapola. Oh, you're shooting again? We're about, about to start shooting, yes. Quiet on the set. And remember, this is a comedy action. I've got a mouthful of casserole. This is the last bite here of the second plate. Two heaping plates of the recipe for disaster casserole. Finish that off, and as my reward, a very grease and spam and meat-soaked Twinkie. Here's to the future. The Twinkie's just melting in my mouth. It's delicious. Um... I thought we were agreed that we were going to end with a dance. The music will be at it later. Here's the thing, you weren't going to do the worm? I can't really do the worm right now with all this uh, casserole in my stomach. Oh, I think that's a mistake. Because I know the kids love to see the worm. Uh, eating Armageddon just went up Whoa! on the eye bang. Check this shit out. And we're all excited about it here. Right now I'm having trouble. The server juice is just being slammed. I, I got it. All right, let's take a look at some of these. There he is with that big chunky now to that goddamn casserole. Fez worries that one side of his beard is whiter than the other. I don't see it. That's my vitiligo, and I never realized 
how absolutely bright white it makes that part of my beard. Oh. Two Twinkies. Let's see. I'm really interested in that last pick. <laughs> Can you get a good shot of that? Yeah. Oh, nasty, man. It smells so bad in here. It really does. Now, imagine what it fucking smells like in his canals. Oh! Or oh, what his shit's going to smell like. Oh. Or if he can shit. Maybe oh. just... <laughs> You'd be an awful Dr. Hicks. You'd probably be the worst doctor I'd be losing ever. fucking dudes left and right. <laughs> it may be a while. I'm going to be fill, uh, filled with a lot of preservatives here. Thanks for the update, Fez. No. Duh. Oh, it stinks. It just smells so goddamn terrible in here. Mm. Oh, those cherries. It's everything. Bob, you're on run Fez. Hey, Ron, I just caught the tail end of this. Is, is, uh, is, is, am I lost here? Is casserole the code word for cum? Yeah, that's it's always been. Like, I'm in a oh, casserole okay. on her tits. You know, we're always saying that. Great videos up on the iBang, the LAPD, uh, taking out a road skateboarder. That always um, brings out these citizen journalists. Uh, should Melky be deported? <laughs> ESPN is nuts. Melky Cabrera's in a world of shit. News reporter being the overtop gem. That's pretty hysterical. Fuck, I can't believe I didn't get to this today. The local scumbag basketball player caught on video beating up his girlfriend. Holy and then God. when he gets sentenced and his knees go weak, to me it's one of the fucking funniest things ever. Um, Jeff, you're on the run of Fez show. I was wondering where Fez is going to fit into the post-apocalyptic world since he's not a hunter or a breeder. What use will he have? Uh, I see him as a librarian. The only person who's going to be reading books. Joe, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ron, will we be taking any leftovers home for the wife and kids? <laughs> Time you're on the Run of Fez show. If Fez ever wants to get a twink, he's got to shave off that god-awful beard. Would you ever consider that, Fez? It seems like something you're hiding behind. Um, I would consider shaving it off. I just worry about the vitiligo patches that are underneath it because as the day goes on... Hey, and I get, hey oh. they're Italians. As time passes during the day, oh. I get that 5 o'clock shadow and then that really brings it out because all that white hair is growing in those spots. But it's white hair now. It's as white as Edgar Winter's head on one side of you. And the other side is kind of a, a salt and pepper um, mixture. Yeah, and I, I, there's there's no way to get the other side as white as the vitiligo side. Have you tried that? I yeah, I tried bleaching uh, my try beard. On, try on Monday when we come in, we'll just be surprised and see if we notice. You know what I mean? Try to make it all white. If not, we go in the other direction. Um, I'm so pissed off that we didn't have time to discuss the scumbag beating up his uh, girlfriend. That is it for us. Done. Uh, 
Hicks and I have off tomorrow. But Fez Watley, this is your chance to shine, dude. I think we should probably all have that tomorrow off. No, seriously, no. I really do want you to treat this as... And I'm going to give you this benefit. A, I'm not going to listen. B, uh, I won't judge. And then C, I won't take listeners' phone calls on Monday. This is a complete day for you to do the show you want to do in the way you want to do it. And I know one thing. I believe in you. Now, let the phone screeners know. I don't want to get any calls about it on Monday. All right. Whatever show Fez does is fine. Can I just ask you one favor. Three o'clock snack. Make sure you push it. I mean, everyone's crazy over the girl-on-girl action today. Uh, as we go walking out, who's winning this thing? Oh, boy. Server juice is really crazy. Server juice. I mean, it's absolutely bizarre today. So, you excited about tomorrow, Fez? Uh, a little nervous, and after two dish, a, a big plates of casserole, a little pukey feeling. But forget about that, is this gives you the chance to get Ronnie B out of your hair, to get Higgs out of your hair, and do your dream show. Young shower girls are crushing. That's sick, actually. That's sick. I watched it for a little while. I love to watch things on TV. That's our song. What are you opening with tomorrow, Fez? Your own playlist? Oh, I wouldn't even know where to start there. Can I just tell you right off the thing? Um, you start this off with Axe and Smash. And here come the da, da, walking disasters. You know what I'm saying? You do all wrestling themes. Little Austin, little fucking mankind. Let everybody know it's a different fucking show. The kids running things. Mommy Hicks isn't here. To hold your hand anymore. He'll be off smoking fucking bong hits. No, moving, moving to piano. In Brooklyn. Moving to piano. It's scary, but it's exciting for you, Fez. How do you feel on a scale one to ten with it? A one. One being the highest you could possibly feel. Number ten, one. Ten being freaked out. All right. That's it. Lots of stuff up on the iBang. Make sure you get to it. Have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy Fez tomorrow. He's going to be fucking blowing it up. Don't call me about it on Monday. And that's the end of my show. Dong.